don't make me go back, Tim. Don't make <laughs> me go back, right? But you did me a favor this year, Tim, because you influenced me to go to America. So um, I'm owing you one for that. And it was amazing. It was the most shocking experience of my life. And, and, and I've, I've had some pretty shocking experiences, Tim, as you know. Absolutely, I've been yeah. shot in the Congo. I've crossed deserts and jungles that very few people, if nobody has crossed before. But the most shocking experience I had in my life was in North America. <laughs> and the irony is not lost on me, it really isn't. <laughs> there I go. So there's not a cover-up. <laughs> no, no, I don't know that. No, I know, I know, that was, that was sort of a facetious. No, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. The Orang Pendek conspiracy live on dinner with Adam Davis. No, it's not <laughs> like that. <laughs> Yeah, so how did this all come about, but aside from, you know, me inspiring it all, and now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there you go. There you go, building your path. <laughs> if it wasn't for you, Tim, we would have all surely died. Oh. <laughs> so you just put that at the end of your interview, cut, and yes, I'm back to the music, Tim Minnell. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Banal of America Audio, with your host, Tim Banal. What is going on, my friends? This is Tim Banal of BanalofAmerica.com, with another edition of BOA Audio Season 7. This time around on the program, we are wrapping up our annual traditions as we welcome renowned cryptozoologist and longtime friend of the program, Adam Davies, back to BOA Audio for a debriefing on his 2012 expeditions to Sumatra and the United States. Regarding the Sumatra trip, we'll discuss how the TV program Finding Bigfoot played a huge role in this year's journey. We'll learn the latest info on the ongoing quest to prove the existence of the Orang Pendek and We'll hear about the potential for significant DNA findings that may be revealed in 2013, as well as much, much more. Then, during our lengthy conversation on Adam's American journey, he will recount the amazing happenings from the visit, which included numerous vocalizations from an unknown creature, as well as the bizarre trail cam photo of a mysterious entity which caused a massive stir in cryptozoology this past autumn. If you have not seen this photo yet, folks, we have links all over the Banal of America show page for this conversation. You have got to take a look at this or just punch in Adam Davies' trail cam photo into Google and you will very likely see the picture. We spend a great deal of time talking about the picture the fallout, the really odd happenings that took place when Adam was in the United States, and how this trip changed him fundamentally as a cryptozoologist. Adam has been on the program five times before. Every January we have him on the show to recount 
his expeditions of the previous year. So longtime listeners are very familiar with Adam Davies, but I think you are going to be very surprised by Adam's perspective this year. He has changed in a profound way as a result of his visit to America. Altogether, it is akin to a reunion with an old friend at a local pub, as Adam Davies returns to BOA Audio for a rollicking conversation, recounting his adventures of 2012 and covering a wealth of cryptozoological topics. For those of you who are unfamiliar with Adam Davies, please allow me to provide you with a little background on him. Adam Davies has tracked so-called mysterious creatures all over the globe. His adventures include being shot at in the Congo whilst looking for the Mokele Mamembe dinosaur, and being arrested by the Mongolian army as a spy whilst hunting the fabled death worm. Adam sincerely believes that some, but not all, of these fabled creatures exist, and embarks on field research in order to substantiate this. He has also had some fantastic successes, with scientists confirming his finds as remarkable and astonishing in the case of both the Sumatran Orang Pendek and Norway's Nessie. Remarkably to date, Adam's expeditions have been entirely self-funded. He has been featured and or presented on some very enjoyable documentaries, including Russian Bigfoot on the National Geographic Channel and The Real Hobbit, as well as China's Wild Man on the History Channel's Monster Quest series. Adam is also the author of the book Extreme Expeditions from Anomalous Books, which recounts many of his adventures. He would love to pursue his passion full-time, but at present works as a civil servant in Manchester, UK. You can find out more from Adam by befriending him on Facebook. Just punch in Adam Davies, pretty simple, you spell Davies, D-A-V-I-E-S, That'll bring him up. Just befriend him, and you'll be able to follow his many adventures searching for mysterious cryptids. Check it out. And with all that said, my friends, let's get down to business and rock and roll. This interview was recorded on January 10th, 2013. Adam Davies, talking about his extreme expeditions of 2012 on BOA Audio Season 7. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another edition of BOA Audio Season 7, and as it is January, it is time once again to welcome back our good friend Adam Davies, the man behind Extreme Expeditions. This is his fifth appearance here on the program. He returns every January. We like to call it his paranormal radio base camp, where he tells us about what he's been doing in the past year. And they're harrowing adventures. They're, uh, every year we joke that uh, someday I'll get in shape enough to go on one of these one of these journeys. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Once again, another year has passed, and I'm still in, in gruesome shape, so I will not be <laughs> taking part in any adventures. But I, I hold him uh, in tremendous regard, and, and really, uh, he puts his money where his mouth is, literally and figuratively, and, and really goes out there and does it. He goes out there and, and goes on these expeditions and goes to find information on these really difficult uh, to search for cryptids. And he had two big adventures this year, so we're going to be talking about those and, and really digging into uh, the extreme expeditions of 2012. So welcome back to the show, Adam. 
Thank you very much, Tim. It's a pleasure. I love the show. So it's really, I'm really looking forward to talking to you. I've been looking forward to it for a while as well. Uh, in the holidays, you know, it's always crazy during the holiday season. But then I know once yeah. uh, the New Year starts, I'll be talking to Adam Davies. And weirdly enough, I was looking at your Facebook page. We taped the uh, the show last year on January 10th. So we're literally one whole year <laughs> since our last conversation. <laughs> well, it's been a year. It's been a year, Tim, I can tell you. It certainly has. It's, it's been quite the year for you, and uh, two big expeditions this year. Sumatra, you went back to Sumatra towards yeah. the end of the spring, and then uh, then you came here to America in the in the fall. So Yeah, and you influenced that, actually. It was because one of the reasons that I went, one of the reasons I went, was because over the last couple of years, you, you've been, I've been talking about going to, to, to come to North America and doing anything around Bigfoot, and you said to me, I think last year, you said to me, yeah, you've been saying that for ages, Adam, come on. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so it did make me think. Nice. See that, folks? I told you, I'm practically a part of the team here. <laughs> <laughs> you are, man. You are. So, so I guess we'll, we'll go chronologically here. We'll start with uh, the Sumatra trip. Now, this was in uh-huh. conjunction with the TV show uh, that most folks are, are familiar with. I guess talk a little bit about how it all came together, because, uh, you know, that, I always find that sort of thing interesting, and then we'll get into the, the meat of it. Yeah, sure. I mean, we'll... The Finding Bigfoot uh, people contacted me, uh, and they were interested in, in exploring a couple of areas, um, Nepal and uh, Sumatra. And eventually they decided on Sumatra just because there was, it was easier to get a tangible body of evidence. And I was quite glad about that, because you know I have a special interest in the Orang Pandak for people who don't know what that is. It's, 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 the stories go back centuries to Marco Polo's time about an alleged bipedal um, for want of a better word, yeti-like creature, although it's not a yeti, a bipedal primate that lives in the jungle. And, and I've spent years looking for and gathering evidence about its existence, and I passionately believe in its existence and preserving its environment. So I was, I was really pleased that they wanted to do that. And also, it was a quite a poignant time, because if you recall... Um, uh, my, my tracker, um, my uh, really good friend Sahara, died in the September previously, yeah. and we'd organised some um, some things for his for his for his wife, some gifts uh, and other things. So it was very important that we, uh, you know, I went over there and, and and saw his family. So it gave me two opportunities: a to to do some obviously very important around Pandak research, but also um, to pay my respects to to his family. I was out, you know, I've known his kids, I've, I've known them for years, so. I was glad, and, and, and it was great fun making the show. I really enjoyed it. Nice, nice, nice. Now, what, what number was this for the trips? Was this your, this had to be beyond five now, trips to... It was seven. It was seven, I think. Seven, yeah. wow. Uh, seven, trips to, seven trips to Sumatra. So I know loads of people really well there, you know. It's almost like a second home. I think I've spent more time now in Sumatra than any other country other than the United Kingdom. <laughs> 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 So and I know the 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 finding Bigfoot guys they get kind of killed on uh, on the message boards and you know mm. in a, very, a lot of different places you know for it's I, I guess I I personally has the now before I even get into that has the episode aired yet or no? No, it's, I think it's due to air in in Feb. Uh, I think it's February the seventeenth. You have to check the year right. schedule, so I'm not 100 percent about that. All right, I think it's due to show. But to air then. okay, I'll have to. Folks should look out for that then. Um, so, but but as I was saying, you know, they they kind of get they take a little bit of a beating here because the show yeah. is sort of uh, it's it's tweaked a little bit to be kind of comedic at times. So, I mean, what what was your take on working with them and 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 you know being a part of their their team? I guess you could say for that that night. Well, I, I think from I think you know. Uh, 
from the show I did, we spent several weeks before um, the cast came working with the producers, um, getting um, you know, and, and speaking to a, a, some some good eyewitnesses. So we do, you know, they wanted they did a lot of background research. They wanted the best possible place to go and look for it, and they were very professional. Um, and when um, they did arrive, you know, I got on very well with them. I liked them uh, as individuals. So that we had a laugh together, and I spent a lot of time um, with Cliff, and, and I went into the jungle with Cliff Bagman. He'd never been in the jungle before, oh, wow. um, and he did really well. I have to say, it was very hard. The first few nights, we, we when we went out, it. The, it rained so intensely that we were literally having to shout to one another um, under under these shelters and he coped very very well with that he even had some of the local food I said you've got to try some and he's like oh do I have to I said yeah you got to try some <laughs> so he had some and he goes screw these chili mud fish they taste disgusting <laughs> and he got I mean he got his fair share of leeches and he did really well and then you know we, we we did then the weather cleared and we did some night stuff and we you know I can't say what the show um found because um I'm not allowed to at this stage as you appreciate you know ah, the way okay, these shows yeah. work yeah but 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 what I can say is that I think I mean I've seen the episode and it's a good episode I enjoyed it <clears throat> and you know and those guys they did have to trek because some of the couple of questions I got asked by people is like do they do trekking well the answer is yes there's nowhere flat in Sumatra, you know. It's yeah. not like Holland. You go up the mountain or you don't do anything. So they went up the mountain, and you'll see some of that in the show. <laughs> right, right. Um, so they're not just like TV stars. They they, they did the did the work. They did the work, you know. I mean, I, 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 you know, speaking for what Cliff and I did, we did a night investigation, and we were out till maybe one two in the morning. I can't remember exactly what, but then the next morning. Um, we were up um, at first light, so we were up at half six, five o'clock, half six. We got, we went right up the mountain that next day, and um, we worked during the day and at night. And um, we were back down again, and then Cliff was was doing doing some other filming. They worked very very hard when they were there. All of them did. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So you can't tell us. What can you tell us? I'm afraid to ask now because. <laughs> <laughs> well, I can tell. I can tell. Did you did I mean, you see the Orang Pendek? I thought I heard somewhere that you did see it. I've never seen the Orang Pendek. Okay, yeah, no, right. I would give my back teeth. You know, I was. I've been very close to it. I talked to right. you last time about how I was with Dave Archer and Sahar, and they both saw it, and they were literally just a few feet ahead of me. Yeah. Um, but the one thing I can say is that, you know, in terms of in terms of the next step for the Orang Pendek, there are hairs that will be analyzed by Professor Brian Sykes um, as part of his process and we can talk about that later in, in probably if you like in tangent with um, my trip to North America as well because there's important things to say about that so the, the, there, are, there is tangible evidence pending so not seen it but um, it was a really good trip and you know in terms of the Finding Bigfoot crew I know people um, do do, do sometimes detract from what, what they do but I can say with certainty having been to um, Samarch with them they worked hard they, they, um, they interviewed the right eyewitnesses and we went to the right locations so, so they were 
I mean, sure, it's a TV show, but they, they weren't they weren't taking it um, in an irreverent manner. They were trying their best while they were there, but you know, to their own abilities. Absolutely, yeah. All right, so that, that's good because it kind of sets the record straight a little bit. Because I didn't know too, I don't know too many people that have worked with them, so. It, yeah, it, I mean, you know, I, you know, and one of the things that I think one of the things that um, without giving too much away about the show is, is people say, oh, sometimes are they faking it when they say, what's that? I heard that. Yeah. Well, I can say, you know, having been with Cliff, there's a bit in the show where he goes, did you hear that? Yeah. And I'm filming him doing that. And you, and you know, I heard what he heard. Yeah. So it's not, it's not some stage thing that actually happened. Okay. There you go, folks. A little glimpse behind the curtain here as to how it all goes down. So it sounds like it was a, a somewhat fruitful uh, expedition. Like I, like, again, I'm on my eggshells here, dancing around this a little bit. So no, no, you can ask me what you like. Yeah, it was a good, it was a good, it was a good, um, it was a good expedition. And also, I got the opportunity to see Tahar's family, and that was probably the most poignant moment because, first of all, um, his mum came out and, and obviously cried and, and hugged me, and then his wife did as well, you know. And I saw the kids, and, and we had a chat. So I was able to remember him while I was there. That's um, right. Not just for myself, but on behalf of all the other people who worked with him um, over the years and who wanted to pay their respects so um, I made sure I did that as well and we, we, we did it for, for I did it for, for all the other people it's important to say that who've been over the years because um, he was a good guy so you know in, uh, and his brother's now um, doing a lot of the organisation so uh, yeah. and even as we speak you know um, John, his brother Cliff, and I have set up a project to to to, to look for around Pandant tracks. And John, nice. his brother, recently found one only a few weeks ago, and it's oh, very excellent. similar to to the um, to the cast that I found in 2001. I don't think it's the same animal, but it shows it's the same breed of animal that are there. And you know, we're finding the good news is about the Orang Pandag. We're still finding recent sightings, and you know, very recent in the last few months. Um, there's been a, you know, in December, there was a sighting by a farmer of the Orang Pandak. Um, I've seen photographs of its prints and I could see that it was eating corn. So it's still active out nice. there right now. So we're getting closer here to this thing. We're getting closer. Yeah, I like that yeah, you seem I mean, to have a, a, a sort of a ground crew there that's, that Sahara's brother, you know, they're still, they're still doing stuff down there. It's good that that's going on now. Yeah, they're, they're doing stuff as we speak. And, um, you know, um, I'm waiting for reports as we speak uh, about potential new sightings. Um, and, and John's working on those right now. So um, the good news for the Orang Pendek is there is current, recent, tangible evidence coming out of Sumatra about the Orang Pendek right now. Now, are there others who go down there and do these expeditions, or are you guys kind of like the only people who are going down there? I mean, because when you guys get down, it's like a big event, you know? It's like this. Well, is, I think there are other thing. people who go to the to go to the area, um, um, certainly, and, and you know, anybody can go to the area. I think yeah. it's important for me to say that. Um, I think it, I think the differential is probably we spend time in a concentrated area doing those things whereas people might just pop in and out but, yeah uh, you know and, I, and because i've been so many times i'm able to work with exactly the right people and exactly the right locations because i've got that experience right you get it down and that, now, that's yeah. been learned over over many years as you know it's not something that you just tip up and do and, and you know you have to work with the with the sumatrans understand what their strengths and weaknesses are so they'll wait for you to to to, to do something sometimes so they'll wait for instruction uh, 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 and they need you to, to, to tell them what to do in that sense. That's just the way they operate. But you learn that, again, by being with them and, and seeing how they work. So 
I suppose from experience, I'm good at getting the best out of them as well. Well, like you said, you've been there like seven times now, so of course you, yeah. you kind of have all the the little routines down pat at this point. Now, I, I think I asked you this before, but what's the take of the Sumatran government on the Orang Pendek? Are they are they accepting of this? Or are they sort of like, yeah, we know that we have this thing here that we that people want to find, and you know, what, what's their or are they just sort of hush hush about it? You know, what's their what's their perspective on it? Um, I think. I think that, you know, I, I think the Sumatrans generally would like the Orang Pandek to exist. Um, I, I, I don't think they're anti. They're, they've never been anti anybody looking for it. They've, I've never had any problems with any of the officials getting permits and things like that to go there. I spoke to the governor of the province once about it, and, and, and he was um, supportive. Uh, you know, the Sumatrans are doing a, doing a tough job. Uh, the, the rangers there, um, they're working under a lot of pressure because there's, there's obviously lots of people who try, who, who would um, quite happily rip down their forests illegally. Yeah. So um, they're certainly not hostile to it. I don't think the Indonesian government as a whole would recognise it. It would be a massive leap to do until unless there was um, really substantive scientific evidence in the same way as, as the US government would be, say, about Bigfoot. You know, right. the same thing. But they, they they certainly don't oppose it, and and they've never discouraged me from looking for it. All right, that's good. Yeah, that's good. So there's not a cover up. <laughs> no, no, I don't think there's. No, I know, I know. That was, that was sort of a facetious. No, <laughs> yeah, yeah. The orang pendek conspiracy live on Binnell with Adam Davis. No, nothing <laughs> like that. <laughs> Are there any plans to return on the horizon, or is this uh, something that always – it seems like every time we talk every year, it's like, well, I may go back, and then, you know, come around April or May, I hear that you're on your way. So, <laughs> Yeah, and we had that conversation last time, and I said to you, don't make me go back, Tim. Don't make <laughs> me go back, right? But you did me a favor this year, Tim, because you influenced me to go to America, so um, I'm owing you one for that. Uh, look, I mean, I don't know. I, it, with, 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 with Sumatra. I always, I always think I'm never going to go back, and, and as you rightly say, something happens to make me go back. So, never say never. It's not my focus right now for um, reasons that I'm sure we'll come on to later in the show. But um, I am, you know, as I say, we, we, uh, Cliff and I struck up a really good friendship when um, we were out in Sumatra, and you know, right now we're working with guys on the ground to get the best evidence we can and, and see what happens. So, um, I'm. I'm getting that information as we speak, you know. And if something came along that was absolutely massive, then yeah, I'm sure um, I'm sure it would persuade me to go back at some point, but yeah. <laughs> not just yet, hopefully. <laughs> now, do you think we we said here uh, that you haven't seen it yet? Do you think if you saw it, it would change your perspective on things? Like like maybe you'd you'd be going back there all the time, or maybe you'd never go back again. Maybe you'd be like, oh, I've seen it. It's you know, like well, yeah, how, how, how do you think it. you'd react to that? <laughs> Seen it, done it, read the book. No, yeah. no, no, no. <laughs> I, 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 um, I don't know. I think that's a really good question. I think I've always wanted to see it. And, um, uh, you know, I think, I think we, we could get DNA evidence of it this year. I've always wanted to see it, but I think you have to be realistic and say, well, how likely is it to see it um, when they're so rare that um, you know, when the villagers see it, they they throw a party. It's you know, it's about unusual. Oh wow! Uh, you know, I'm I'm going <clears throat> for a few weeks every year in, in hopeful anticipation. How likely is that? 
I think you have to be realistic. But you never know. I mean, I've spent years researching the best places. If I'm there on the ground, I'm good at tracking it. It's just a chance. But I don't. I didn't want it to be. I mean, one, as I said to you, one of the reasons I've done <clears throat> expeditions all over the world is I didn't want to become obsessed with just one creature and just spend my whole time looking for that. And 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 you know to to be disappointed, you know, when I'm an right. old man, I never saw that bloody thing, and here I am, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I, never, I never wanted to be like that, so um, <clears throat> that's why I've always gone and done other things as well as look for the orang pendek. But it's what um, I'm fully aware that it's what I'm I'm often most associated with, and I've enjoyed being in that jungle. You know, as we're trekking through the jungle, I heard um, a sun bear hooting. Uh, you know, tigers were around. You know, you can see amazing sea eagles drop on drop onto the lake, and the whole place just looks like Jurassic Park around the volcano. It's awesome. It's an amazingly beautiful place, and it is attractive. I just wish that. Um, the food was a damn sight better for my personal preferences. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, but, but you can't have everything in this world, can you, you know? Right, right. Now, you, you've you done the DNA testing before, though, so this is additional DNA testing that what, to match it up with the other stuff or just to get more information? What's, how does that all well, work? Well, I think, I think this, is, this is DNA testing with a, with a more substantive sample. Okay. And also, when I was... Um, that, um, I, I, I spent some time, I went over to see Professor Brian Sykes from Oxford, who's the world's leading geneticist. Mm-hmm. Um, he wrote the book, The Seven Daughters of Eve, which was an international bestseller. And it was when he was starting to kick off his project, which a lot of people know about, about getting all these different hairs from different alleged hominids and doing the testing. And we had a good time, you know, I stayed over at Oxford and had some drinks with him and his, and his son and, and his girlfriend. And he's a nice guy. And we talked at length about how that might work and I trust him um, his maxim um, is a maxim which I understand which is extraordinary claims require extraordinary proof mm-hmm. so in other words if we were talking about a new species of frog or something we would have already proved it by now because that's what you need but with something like this because it's so fundamental and so different in what we know and understand about um, species then you need that extraordinary proof and Sykes is a very careful guy he's the best in his field and he's also got um, he's also looked at data from other researchers like Dissetel who've done tests before and, and he'll either uh, about the orang pendek and about um, uh, one of the other samples which I'll talk about later he'll either say it's yay or he'll say it's, it's nay uh, but you know from my, from my point of view it's not an ego thing in the sense that if you ask me what I'd rather prove, the DNA or see, or have a photograph of it to, 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 and see it, I'd, I'd go for the DNA a million times over because that's what will really push the fold. Yeah. The best research is, I'm not a scientist, as you know, and I've said that many times on your show before, but the best um, researchers like me who spend their time and money on this um, is, can hope for is to get DNA to get DNA evidence, that's the, that's the thing that will really change fundamentals. So, uh, and, you know, if I get a photograph, well, it might interest Joe Public, but it's not going to shake up the scientific world. There'll always be people say, oh, well, it's this, it's that, it's whatever, you know. Right. If I see it, people will say, well, that's an interesting story, but he could be bullshitting or he could, or he could be, he could be simply a case of mistaken identity because he wants to see something. 
you know, but with the DNA and if it's proved by the world's leading geneticist, that will be, that will really change things and it will move the scientific argument on so much. That's much more important than any, any vainglorious thing about seeing it. I don't give a stuff and I also don't care um, where the samples come from. Of course, you know, from my own research, I'd love Sykes to uh, pull DNA off from um, anything that I've found, but if he finds it, if, if Bob or Betty Sue or Pete or whatever it is, and it's their sample and then they get the DNA from it, then fantastic. That's what we want. There will always be science, there will always be people who say, habeas corpus, show me the body. But right. the best I can do is get the DNA, or the best amateur researchers can do is get the DNA. And that's where we are with it. That's, that's the aspiration. And then ideally, what is this DNA? See, I'm not like, an, I'm not really as well versed in the science. So I, I, I guess like to, for the layperson, ideally this DNA what? Says that we were dealing with an unknown primate that yeah, doesn't match I mean, any I, other DNAs of any other primates that we know of, right? Essentially, yeah. I mean, there'd have to be some cross-referencing, and I'm no geneticist, Tim. But if he publishes a paper which says, well, look, based on getting the mitochondrial DNA, based on this, I've come to the conclusion that this is an unknown species of some description, blah, blah, blah. I don't know what he'll say, or even if he will say that. But if he does that, and he's prepared to stick his neck out to such a degree, with that maxim, extraordinary claims require extraordinary proof, then that'll be usually significant. Absolutely, yeah. All right, so that's kind of what we have to look forward to. On that's what we hope for, and and that that is doesn't just apply to the orang pandak. Hmm. It applies to to um, uh, you know any of the other potential hominid um, cryptids that, yeah. that he's testing. That, that that that's why I think that this year will be potentially usually significant, one way or the other. Um, it, you know, because it, 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 it's like the queen can only fall heads or tails. You know, yeah. um, it can't go any other way. Inconclusive. It, I'm frankly, it's just a negative. It has to be a positive, or, or you know, and if it's a positive, then that's fantastic. And he's would he? I presume there's always this talk, and we we joked about the cover up aspect of it, but there's always sort of this mm. talk that that you know the academia they don't want to get mixed up in all this. But he's willing if it if it is if it all if all, if all the the genes align right, if you will, uh, you know, to to butcher a metaphor. Uh, he's willing to, to, to back it up, I guess, right? Yeah, to the best of my knowledge, otherwise he wouldn't have asked me, you know. Yeah. Uh, I, I, it wasn't, you know, when I, when I went down, it wasn't simple, simple, send you sample in the post, you know, I spent, you know, I spent some time talking to him, I stayed over at Oxford and we chatted about it. So, nice. you know, I, I've met the guy, I've spent some time with him, and, um, I'm fully convinced that, you know, if he finds something that's substantial, he will say so. By the same token, if he doesn't, he'll say that too. But I don't think he will in any way try to negate it. And so I don't think if he finds something, he'll say, oh, well, let's cover this up because he's already stuck his reputation out and that's good. You know, and we've seen that gradual progression. I told you when we first found the Orang Pandek hairs and sent them off to Hans Brunner, the guy who was involved in the Dingo baby case. Um, and, you know, um, he, so his research was good enough for the Australian um, um, homicide police. Um, he was he was um, challenged by other scientists saying, you know, what are you doing this sort of research for? And he said, because I want to push the boundaries of science. So it's great that more um, respected scientists uh, certainly in the time when I've been doing this field, when I've been in cryptozoology, are interested in, in looking at this, you know, and I've now worked with primatologists from Cambridge, um, um, paleontologists from, from America, geneticists, 
from America, um, Denmark, you know, Switzerland, you name it. So, so there's been a, there's a field now. Uh, it's still a small field, but there's a widening field, in my opinion, of scientists who are prepared to look at it, at yeah. least look at it. Yeah. Well, that's good. That's critical, you know, and it, it seems like the, the Orang Pendek, for, for better or for worse, does not have the, the giggle factor that's associated with Bigfoot. No, so it doesn't. It's, I mean, it's kind I mean, of a fresh palate, if you will. Yeah, and people, I think people, people are, are enormously wary about Bigfoot, and when we come on to the Bigfoot um, story, I'll, I'll tell you my own thoughts about that. But, but with the Orang Pendek, it didn't, it doesn't have that, you know, as you put it, it doesn't have that, oh, is it, is that, that whiff of potential bull about it, so scientists are, are, were always keener to look at that, I think, in the first instance. But, you know, people are starting to turn their attention, or have turned their attention, in the last um, year or two to Bigfoot, too. Speaking of which, you've turned your attention to Bigfoot. You journeyed <laughs> yeah. here to America. I didn't see you, though. We did not cross paths. It's a big country, unfortunately. Yeah, I was on the other side. I was in the Pacific Northwest. So <laughs> I, was no, I was nowhere near Boston. I did, I did spend a co- just a couple of days in New York on the way back, but that was, that was, a, that was a, a sort of chill out at the end of the trip. <laughs> yeah, you were drinking the whole time. I wouldn't even have found uh, I, I was drinking some of the time. I saw the Statue of Liberty, and then I was drinking. <laughs> <laughs> Good man, good man. <laughs> now I definitely know we have to meet up. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Well, I'm going to be back in America um, probably quite a bit more, but we'll talk about that later. Yeah, so how did this all come about, aside from, you know, me inspiring it all? No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there you go. There you go, building your pile. <laughs> <laughs> if it wasn't for you, Tim, we would have all surely died. Oh. <laughs> so you just put that at the end of your interview, cut. And yes, and back to the music, Tim Vinnell. <laughs> um, the way it came about was, I had had a bit of an interest in Bigfoot um, since I was a kid, but I hadn't really done anything about it, as you know. And I, and I went, <laughs> um, I wanted to do I wanted to look for Yeren in China. I was really interested in the Yeren because the stories about it, the Chinese, Chinese wild man go back 6 BC, you know, the woodcuts and stuff like that. So I was very interested in that. <laughs> and the bit, there was a sighting, and, and it was well, I'd, I'd done, just done a Monster Quest show. So I, I spoke to the, uh, emailed the producer, Doug Hychek, and I said, you know, I'd really like to do a Yeren show, you know, is there any chance? And he said, yeah, yeah, go for it, you know, after we'd done some background research. Mm-hmm. Uh, it wasn't just like, yeah, you can do what you want, Adam. He was like, <laughs> yeah, okay, if there's something substantive to it, and yeah. And I was teamed up with uh, Dr. Jeff Meldrum, and um, we spent some time together, obviously, because we were doing the show, and while we were doing the show, I asked him about Bigfoot, and he had a laptop with him, and he showed me um, some of the takes of the Patterson-Gimlin footage, you know, and he went through it frame by frame, and he explained to me why um, he felt it was genuine. And so I was very interested in that. Um, and then I ran and off spoke to researchers, um, but... but when I spoke to them, you know, I, I, I'll give you, a, I'll give you an example. I spoke to Matthew Johnson, Dr. Matthew Johnson, um, and, and about his um, Bigfoot encounter. I spoke to a few of the others, but that really stuck in my mind because the mantra I kept getting, getting from people was, Bigfoot um, doesn't, um, you don't come to Bigfoot, Bigfoot comes to you. Yeah. Mm. So you know the methodology I've used. It's, it's. And, it, and it's logical. What I do is I'll research an area, I'll decide whether the cryptid's plausible, I'll then um, 
cross-reference that with the greatest number of recent sightings. I'll pick the best local guides I have. I'll bring some camera traps and other equipment. I'm a good tracker, I hope. And I'll, and I'll try my best when I'm out there, yeah? So, very simply, that's the methodology I use. But if I was going to look for something in, in, in North America, you know, I may, I may have to change my approach fairly radically. So I had a good think about it, and one of the researchers I contacted was Laurie Simmons. Now, I'd read her dad's book. Her dad had spent 28 years in the area where there were the highest concentrations of sightings, as far as I can understand it, in North America, the Pacific Northwest. And I was very, and I spoke to Laurie more and more. I think I spoke to her for nearly a year every week, and we emailed one another, and we faced oh, wow. one another. And we developed a friendship, um, and that was good. Um, and, you know, I asked Laurie if I could come out to her area, and she said yes. So we put together a, a, a team, you know, um, Andy, who will talk about more because she wants to know about his eye, uh, Samson, uh, um, Sandy, um, and, uh, you know, Tim, um, and new starters, um, who else was there, uh, uh, Simon and Jackie, and uh, and Dave Archer, who'd been there before, so we put together a, a team, uh, and, and you know, and they had different views about the existence of Bigfoot. Some of them were were were, were very sceptical about it. Uh, but I was interested in getting this team together, and you know, we called it Extreme Expeditions, and you know, because we'd done a number of the other uh, other um, trips, and uh, and and go out there and do that. And you know, we uh, for me. I'm just speaking about how I felt. I thought it was going to be a fairly easy gig. I had very low expectations or, uh, about what might happen. Not because of uh, not believing in Laurie and her dad's research. I did, but I just thought, well, it's my first trip out here. Right. I'm really just going to go and learn the fit on the first occasion and see what I can gather and maybe go to different places. And, you know, this might be the start of a, a project I do over many years where I go intermittently and, you know, refine my research in the same way as I did, as you know, Tim, with the Orang Pendek. Absolutely, you know, yeah. You, you get better and better at looking for these things. So um, we went up to um, Laurie's research area, and Laurie said that she had a relationship um, with with um, these creatures um, in this particular area of the North Cascades. And she said, well, you know, they live. They live in this particular area. I'll take you to them. And she, she, you know, she's been putting out food for them and different things over the year, over the last few years. And I went over. Now I'd heard from um, various other researchers about things like tree knocking and things like that from from uh, the, the the Bigfoot or the creatures generally exhibit, but I'd never actually, obviously, heard it for myself. Yeah. So we went to the area where this, the, the, this supposed creature. Um, was and Laurie calls out, you know, are you there? And I thought, well, this is either going to go one or two ways. Either she's delusional, or something's <laughs> going to happen. You know, I was yeah. like, I was like, you know, I don't mind saying, oh shit, this is freaky. What's going to go? What's going to go on here? You know, like yeah. this is like Scooby Doo meets cryptozoology. You know, <laughs> it's like so weird. Uh, anyway, so she calls out, but you know, it was like <laughs> back came back came this. And these through these booming sounds, yeah. Oh wow! And I was like, "What's that? Yeah, what's that?" And and, and you know, I had I've, I spent to Laurie about this. I spent seven years cross-examining people in court. Um, nobody can say with any veracity that 
they can always spot a liar. But I'm pretty damn good at spotting a liar, and I didn't believe Laura was lying to me. Yeah. You know, and I watched her feet and movements and everything else, and I didn't think she was faking it at all. Uh, but you still want to say, well, could it be another animal? You know, what is it? And you, the, Laurie then proceeded to play with something that she called the bump game. So she'd bump several times, and the thing would answer her back with, you know, the same type of bumps. You know, it was, it was pretty astounding. And, you know, I remember coming back and telling the others, and they were like, well, really? You know? <laughs> <laughs> you know? And, I, yeah, and it was difficult. It's difficult to swallow, so I can understand people being skeptical about it, but it was difficult for us to swallow. Do you know what I mean? It's right, like, right. What's this? So, uh, and I had already built up a good friendship with Laurie, and, and you know, I believed in Laurie, and, and, I, and, I, and I'll say at the end of it, I believed in her dad's research, and I'll, and I'll come, give you a synopsis in a minute. But, but it was still difficult to take on board, but I was the first person up there. <clears throat> anyway, we go back, and that night, um, um, Dave and Simon, I think, they went to investigate um, some rocks being thrown in the water and some other noises that they heard, yeah? Yeah. Um, and that was on the first night. On the second night, Laurie suggest, uh, suggested, she said to me, well, why don't <coughs> you and I sleep out by the campfire? Um and um, we'll see what happens. You know, we've got nothing to lose. I, I thought, fair enough. And everybody else went to their tents, and we slept uh, by the campfire. And, and, you know, eventually we went to sleep. Um, and we set up a couple of camera traps. Just ju Most of the camera traps we set up were in the area where um, Laurie said she, you know, she'd had the... Where, where, the, where the creatures were. Right. But we just set up two just on an off chance. You know, the expectation was low. It was kind of, well, what I got to lose? I'm either going to sleep in my tent or I'm going to sleep by the campfire. I might as well just sleep by the campfire and see what happens. It's no loss, is it? You know? Exactly. Yeah. And that was the approach. <clears throat> and that was very definitely an approach because the next morning when we get up, we didn't rush off to check the camera traps. We sort of had breakfast, you know, had a coffee, and we just sort of checked them lackadaisically. <clears throat> and when we did, we were shocked by what we saw on the camera trap um you know uh, and we can debate this later i'm sure but let me just tell you the whole of the story mm -hmm. um, and then you, you i'm sure you'll ask me questions but you know when i looked at the trap i could clearly see an image of the creature um and it was right over us i can see a furrow down the middle of its back i can see musculature and we were all shocked by the image absolutely shocked um laurie was um wanted to go home at that point. I remember looking at her and she was looking at it through her fingers because she was scared. Yeah, oh, wow. I had to persuade her to stay because she was for going home. Um, and um, we were all really, really surprised by it. And to, to, get, to, to go on about other things that um, happened, um, we had repeated tree knocking. Um, we had growls, I mean, some really loud growls. It's quite quick-tempered, that thing. I'll tell you about it more <laughs> in a second. But, but we had all sorts of things happen over the, over, the, um, over the period of time we were there. You know, and if somebody was trying to, to, to... A, if somebody was trying to figure out, we're damn good trackers, we pick up humans. But B, it would have taken the Hollywood budget of thousands and a cast of many, because it was day and night. It was happening quite frequently. And it seemed to respond to... Um, specifically to, to Laurie and it was amazing it was the most shocking experience of my life and 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 I've 
I've had some pretty shocking experiences, Tim, as you know. Absolutely, I've been yeah. shot in the Congo. I've crossed deserts and jungles that very few people, if nobody has crossed before. But the most shocking experience I had in my life was in North America. <laughs> <laughs> and the irony is not lost on me, it really isn't. <laughs> there I go. So, so it, and it was, it was truly amazing. And it, and it seems to express preferences. So in other words, um, you know, Laurie say expressed a preference for a particular type of apple, and I saw that because it would take these types of apple, and then it would leave other ones out. It, it, it for example, we left um, chocolate out, and we left both British and American chocolate, which, which are made in slightly different ways with that. But, mm. but it would take the American chocolate first, and then eventually it would go for the other stuff. <laughs> <laughs> and it, 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 was, it was so astounding. It really is. Um, and, you know, when I said it was quick-tempered, when we were leaving, <coughs> we were going to take <coughs> some of its foodstuffs away um, because um, we were going and we didn't want anyone to find the area or stumble across it accidentally. It went ballistic. It was raw. Oh, boy. <laughs> you know what I mean? It was like, it was proper. It was proper going for it, you know? It's not some gentle avatar-type creature, I'll tell you. It's a wild animal <laughs> in that way. So um, while it's making all this noises and stuff, where, how far away are, are you guys from where you think it might have been? Um, well... It, obviously, it came into camp at that point. Yeah, aside from uh, the, you mean, the you mean how far are we physically from it? Oh, right by it, yeah, no. right by it. Um, you know, the, the noises seem to be coming from underneath. Um, uh, on, uh, you know, to me, from from on, uh, from, the, from the ground, yeah, no. um, from some sort of den area. Uh, I can, how that happened, I do not know, because we lo- we spent some time looking for an entrance to a den, and we couldn't find one. Hmm. Um, so how it worked, I don't know. I mean, there'll be a lot of don't, I don't know about that whole situation. <laughs> but I'm, I'm telling you as it is, um, and I'm only going to tell you exactly what happened. Right. And that is exactly what happened. Uh, and, it, and it is. And, you know, so the other thing I'd, I'd say about it is, because it's always been important for me to say that any evidence we find is, is, is analyzed scientifically by experts. Laurie's father found, Laurie's, Laurie's, Dad's dying wish was that his research would be carried on by Laurie. That was why, that was what motivated Laurie to do it, I think. Mm-hmm. And, and, and Laurie's very sincere in her research. Um, and um, her dad had some hairs in 2010, which, may, you know, he felt would probably come from the big, from the creature or big for whatever. Yeah. And so I sent them off to Sykes to be analysed, yeah? So oh, nice. um you know, again that'll either go one way or the other. I really hope that um that you know for his sake that that, that, that they they get they get the DNA off those. It's important for us to say it wasn't as a result of our expedition, of the Extreme Expeditions expedition, it was her dad and her dad's research. But I would just love it if the DNA came off that of any sample, because that would be a really nice testimony to him. He's such a well-respected guy. When we went up in that area, everyone was going, you know, as soon as Laurie mentioned her dad, everyone was going, you know, oh, yeah, I knew your dad, you know, great guy and everything. And, he, and it would be a, an amazing legacy for him. So if anything comes out of that expedition <laughs> indirectly, it would be that Laurie uh, and her dad get the recognition of that that they deserve. Because because of that, I had an amazing time. So is this location like 
Is it secret? Because you'd think that there'd be all kinds of people up there trying to, if it's, if it's that it's prominent uh, of stuff. I can't reveal exactly where it is because um, that would be for Laurie to do. Right. I mean, right. It's, 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 her, it's her area. Yeah. Um, all I can say is it's in the North Cascades, and if Laurie wants to reveal any more information about it, then um, she's free to do so. But it's, it's not, I don't think it's right for me to say. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, I just, yeah. Mm. I wasn't trying to, like, get you No, to no, no, absolutely. <laughs> I know what you were saying. You, know, you were asking, well, could people roam around and find it very easily? And the answer is, <laughs> I don't think they could find it very easily. They can certainly find, this, find, the, find the, the area pretty easily, but the exact spot, no. I don't think they could find it very easily, no. Yeah, because, I mean, you know the Bigfoot community. It's like, if it, it, they smell a scent, they're all over the thing. Yeah, uh, and, and I understand that. Um, I don't fully understand the Bigfoot community yet, I've got to say. It's quite, it's quite complicated. <laughs> well, that's, that's, yeah, that's a good transition, I guess, because this, this trail cam thing, this, you know, this turned into a huge, uh, you know, to-do. This, this was mm, quite yeah, yeah. the, there was, you know, it wasn't just like you, you came back with this amazing footage and, or, or photo and, and everyone was like, oh, nice job, Adam. It was like, mm. all of a sudden, you were like in the crosshairs a little bit here. And yeah, if it had been, been the Orang Pendek, that's exactly what they would have said. The irony is, is because it's Bigfoot. Or right. In this case, I'm going to call it Creature, because I don't know it's Bigfoot. I just know it's a Creature, yeah. yeah. I'm not going to pin the Bigfoot label to it, because there'll be a more hoo-ha. <laughs> so, exactly, So yeah. I've been very careful to call it a Creature, because I don't know what it is, yeah. So I don't know what the Creature was on the trail cam. Um, but I do know, it, you know, there was a creature there, and you know, I do know that. Yeah, and we, we got loads of, you know, and I, I don't. Some of it I didn't mind, in the sense that I didn't mind, and I have no problem at all with people saying to me, um, <laughs> the people came out with all sorts of stuff, and I, I don't, I don't mind that. Uh, um, it's a man in a sleeping bag, or, or whatever else, or it's a werewolf. Somebody said, or <laughs> you know, whatever, you know. Yeah. I know. I mean, it isn't. There was only Laurie and I by the fire, and um, and I, I I do smoke, as you know, Tim. But I've never in my life smoked in a sleeping bag. I certainly wouldn't. I certainly wouldn't <laughs> hunch myself up so the sleeping bag was right over the top of my head and then have a cigarette. Right, exactly. <laughs> it seems totally bizarre. Yeah. It's a good way to ruin and, your and, and you know, you can see the fur and the musculature on the back. But people are always going to argue about a photograph. So I don't mind that. Uh, but but some of the some of the of, of the bullshit around it was ridiculously vitriolic, um, and that wasn't needed. Right. Um, I mean, you, you you can say somebody's wrong in, in in all sorts of different ways. You don't need to call them. You don't need to call them a douchebag or, or whatever in order to do it. You just say, yeah, well, I don't agree, man. This is my opinion, and I'm cool with that. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. Exactly. And there's, there's ways of going about that, and I'd never do that. I'd never call say that about anybody else's research. So, you know, I'm quite happy to, to, to debate the point. Um, they're just right and wrong ways about going about these things, yeah? Well, it's a very interesting picture. Uh, it's it, it, Now, how, I guess, why, you obviously know more about these trail cams than I do. How come we don't have any more substantial footage? It's only like a brief snippet. Why, how come, uh, how, does this, how do these things work where you only got this little tiny <laughs> bit of stuff? Let me say, I don't know more about trail cams than most people, right? Somebody, I mean, somebody said to me, oh, you're a world-renowned trail cam expert. I'm not, right? <laughs> the, the others laugh because I can just about switch them on. I'm like, I'm much more happy with tribal people in the jungle, yeah, yeah. than I am with technology. I mean, we, they laugh because I call the computer the singing box, yeah? So I'm not, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not 
not technologically minded. One of the other guys um, set the camera traps up. But um, somebody else, so this isn't in my area of expertise, Tim, but somebody else put up on our website that they'd looked into how the camera traps worked and the camera traps had defaulted to their factory setting yeah. and that was something that um, had happened with this particular um, type of ca uh, camera trap and that was why we'd only got the short image and it was an independent group of researchers we didn't ask them to do it, it just dropped in our, into our email box one day and I was like great, thank you very much you know <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so um, they answered that question I think and I think as well um, a couple of other researchers, people like Damien Bravo, have spent a lot of time looking at the, the sizes of, of the image and seeing how big it was, which I was particularly interested in. Because from my point of view, just from a purely academic point of view, and this is a really important point because I want you to understand the mindset here for me mm -hmm. now, just me thinking about it. Now, I have been in the jungle um, on a number of occasions. I've slept in the desert, etc. I'm used to sleeping um, in areas where there are wild animals, but that thing had got right up to me, right up to me and Laurie, and it loomed over me. And it's personally quite disturbing, and I'm not joking when I say this. Mm. It's personally quite disturbing, and there's not a day goes by when I don't think about that and think what it was doing and what its motivation was. So I'm, I, just as a personal point of view, forget the science, forget everything else and all the other motivation there, I was really I'm really interested in learning about what it is, how big it is, and what it was doing, yeah? Right. On a basic level. That's what I'm most interested in in that sense, yeah? And, and so, you know, when people have, have, have done analysis of its size and have speculated what it might be in terms of, uh, you know, its behavior, that's what I've been most interested in. So other people did analysis of, 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 of the film, and I was grateful for that because it's helped me understand that. So when Damien did his research, I was pleased because it, it sort of moved it forward for me. And I guess, you know, one of the next steps is to get um, the, 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 the photos and images analyzed further by further professionals so we can learn more. And um, so where we are with the researchers, we'll get those photographs analyzed more. Laurie's dad's hair samples will be analysed by the leading geneticist in the world. And I'm taking a very short trip back to um, the um, North Cascades in about four or five weeks' time. Um, I, I'm, I'm predominantly, I'm going to see Laurie, um, but I'm also going to spend a night or two up in that area and see if I can, uh, can get lucky again. Now, the next day, did, after this thing happened, uh, uh -huh. did you guys notice, was, was anything askew in the camp where it was like, oh, I think something came through here last night, or was this completely like, it just, you know, then you, you know, or, or was it like you just saw it on the trail camp footage, and you were like, what the we hell was that? We saw it on the trail camp. I mean, we weren't looking for it at all. I mean, we got up and did our normal routine, you know? Mm -hmm. um, we weren't looking for anything. We just mooched about. Um, uh, we had breakfast. I don't, I mean, this is, this is off the top of my head, so I'm yeah. not sure about this. Um, but I don't think it was till gone 10 o'clock when we looked at it and when we were just thinking about moving off and doing our thing, you know, going to different areas. It was a, it was really lackadaisical. We were just having, literally having a coffee and we just thought we'd have a quick check just in case. Yeah, so it wasn't like you guys woke up and you were like, oh my God, what the hell happened all of a sudden? No, I had no, Tim, I had no idea. Yeah. And you can see that on the, on the trail photos because the, the, I think the image of the, of, of the creature is on one of them. You see the, the, you see the fire go, you see Laurie and I go to, go to sleep. The others have gone to bed by this stage. Laurie and I go to sleep by the campfire. You, you see, um, the, the, the campfire goes down, so it seems to wait until the campfire's gone down before it comes in. 
or, you know, because we're fast asleep. And then later on, um, Laurie woke me up um, to go to the bathroom um, because obviously they're outside of the camp and we have to go to a, to a block to do that. Um, and, um, and um, um, you know, and, 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 we had no idea because it was, it wasn't, you know, it was, it was the next morning. Um, well, as I say, when we actually saw the, saw the evidence, but at, at that particular time, we had absolutely no clue, no clue at all. And, and you can see that because I come back from the shower block with, with uh, the, the, the toilet, um, with Laurie and, um, there's no, um, you know, we had no clue. Right. No at all. It was it was a big shock, and, and it was a big shock in the context of the fact that all this stuff was going on as well. Because it wasn't just the first day and night. Everybody had their own experiences, as I say, and there was knocking and growling and all sorts of things going on throughout that time. It was it was remarkable, you know. Exactly. Remarkable. Yeah, it wasn't just the one. No, it wasn't just the one thing. It happened. It happened a lot, you know. And and <laughs> I was conscious of the fact that you know. A lot of researchers in, who aren't from North America, um, one of the things that they're a bit conscious of is, is not coming to North America because they're worried about all the shit they might get if they get involved in the Bigfoot stuff. Right, right. Uh, you know, uh, and people have said that to me after I came back as well. They've said, you know, you, you, you're going to get a load of shit or you have got a lot of shit, but this, Tim, is the truth. This is how it is. And, and um, you know, I've always been prepared to freely share my research and um, ask people what they think. There's no, you know, there's no motivation in it other than curiosity in that sense. There's no money in it. There's nothing. There's no benefit for me. You know what I mean? Exactly, in that yeah. sense, all I get is potential flat. But the the, the 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 one benefit is the benefit that I've alluded to earlier, which is is curiosity and understanding about the creature. I'm fascinated by that, and I'll ne- I'll I will think about it. I know that I will think about it till the day I die. I mean that trip. And that night will be on, will be on, <laughs> etched in my memory till I die. No it's doubt. A, it's a pretty strange, uh, I'm looking at the picture now. I mean, it is pretty strange. It's, uh, it's hard to, it's hard to really wrap your mind around, uh, yeah, what exactly I mean, that w- thing is. Yeah, it, it, and it's, and it's very, very strange, you know, and if, if, you, if you look at it now, I haven't got it in front of me now, but I can see it in my head. Right, right. <laughs> yeah, I have no problem with that. Yeah, and we'll have and, links you know, up on the, on the show page here for folks to, to take a look yeah, at Yeah, yeah, and you, you know, I critical. can see, you know, that, um, um, it's, it, you know, the point of its head, I can see what appears to be its elbows, I can see a musculature, hmm. I can see the big, the, the most distinctive feature. Um, I think that one of the most persuasive features is the big furrow down the middle of its back. Yeah, so yeah. you can see that as you look at it. Um, <clears throat> but but it'll, I'm sure it'll be analysed to death, um, and that's good. I mean, that's the right way to go about it. And people will have different opinions, and that's good. And that's the right way to go about it. Yeah. Exactly. So I'm totally cool with that. Don't think for a minute that, that I don't think I, I don't respect people who would say I have a different opinion to you because I do. Exactly, yeah. Well, it's, it, it was surprising to me when all this went down because it was like, I, I know you relatively, you know. I mean, we've mm. talked many, many times. So I was like, oh, my mm. God, what, how is Adam mixed up in all this this crazy debate here? And, 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 and you know, personally, I, I know you well enough, I think, I think uh, I know you well enough to, that, to say, you know, you're not going to be out passing off fake bullshit crap that you made on your computer, like, just to get people, you know. <laughs> 
Well, first of all, I mean, why would I need to do that, Tim? Really, right? I mean, yeah, yeah. I've been all over the world. If I was gonna, if I was gonna, if I was in a mindset that I'd want to fake something, and you know, my attitude towards hoaxing has always been. I, I don't. I just think it's ridiculous because I've said so many years before this came up. But I could have faked bullshit in the Congo or something like that. You know, I've been to the swamp where no one else has been before. If I wanted to make some shit up, I could have done anything there, couldn't I? I'm hardly going to go and do it in a campsite in the US, am I? I mean, right. what? If I was going to bullshit, I've had years of opportunity to do that in much better places to do it than America. You know, exactly. Uh, so I'm never going to do it there. So <clears throat> the, the idea that I would. Um, well, you know, it's, it's just, it's it, it tough. And I wouldn't do that because I look at all the research and how hard I've worked for so many years about the Orang Pendek and gathering all that evidence, you know. And I wouldn't want that to be negated because I wanted to, 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 to get some cheap shot of, of a few, of a few Bigfooters debating some potential, um, fake. No, I'd never do that. Right. I'd never fake anything. And, and you know, and, and that was on the back of Laurie's dad's 28 years of research. He, he just died of cancer. So, you know, people might criticize Laurie, but I mean, at the end of the day, she's not, she's not going to go and fake her own dad's research exactly. and destroy his legacy just, just for a picture in the internet. The whole idea, is, the, the idea of that is, 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 um, you know, I can only speak for myself, and the idea of, of me doing that, I'm wasting all those really hard years of research uh, on the, on things like the Orang Pendek, it would, it would, it, it wouldn't make sense. Right, right. So at the end of the day, though, what do you, I mean, do you think this was what, you, you, you kind of, you don't want to go all the way with the Bigfoot thing, but I mean, it, it does seem like some kind of weird creature. I mean, it doesn't seem yeah, to look like any, it's not something you can easily dismiss and be like, well, that's just a deer, you're seeing it wrong, or, or a bear or no, something like that. No, I mean, that's the thing, that's the thing, and, and, and it, and it displays, it's, I mean, it's, it doesn't display any sophisticated, it doesn't have any tool use as far as I can see, um, and, and, or fire or anything like that, but it displays a sentience, it displays food preferences, and it displays a personality. And it certainly is able to interact with you on some sort of level, you know, classic primate activity is a tree knocking, as I'm sure you know. Um, and, and so exactly what it is, um, I don't know, but I do know it's around. <laughs> I'm sure of that, yeah? yeah? I'm fascinated by it, you know? I'm absolutely fascinated. And, um, <clears throat> you know, I, I, you know, my focus now, um, I've had some thoughts about it, has completely turned to North America because of it and Canada. I'm completely fascinated by it. I was always a little bit interested in, 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 the, in the Bigfoot stuff, but after that, um, uh, you know, I am, I am, I am amazed and interested in in, in um, exploring more of it. Exactly. Yeah, it's kind of like what I asked you about the Orang Pendek. It's like mm. you've this has sort of lit a fire in you now uh, to go back. Oh, now, it's totally lit a fire. I mean, when you've had an experience like that, um, when I mean, because of the fact that it's been on top, you know, almost on top of me, literally, and because I heard all that um, knocking, and because I've heard its growl, because I've seen it take food, um, <coughs> I've had that unique experience. It's, it's really gripped my imagination and interest. I mean, as it would, who wouldn't it, you know? If I lived in North America, um, I would be out in the woods all the damn time now. I'd just become, I'd just become <laughs> I'd be like the Robinson Crusoe of North America. <laughs> I have a tree bark shirt. <laughs> that would be it. After that, 
I'll do that. You know, I was in Britain. I have to travel thousands of miles for this shit. You know, <laughs> it's like oh, if it was on my doorstep, uh, um, I, I would be yeah, I'd be Grizzly Adams. I'd be catching fish with my teeth. <laughs> well, that that actually brings up a whole different point, but something that uh, I don't think we've ever talked about here on the show. Uh, we may have actually, because uh, like I said, this is the fifth time you've been on, but we we, we may circle around on some stuff. There was once a great American named George Henderson. He met a woodland ape or a Sasquatch, and despite its dangerous message of environmentalism, became his friend. But when the time came to do the hard thing and send it back into the forest where it belonged, and birds could perch on its shoulder because it was gentle, George Henderson summoned the strength, and by God, he did it. Did it hurt? You bet it hurt. Like a bastard. But he did it because it was the right thing to do. For the woodland ape. You're listening to Banal of America Audio. Is that Harry and the Hendersons? You've seen it. What are, what are your thoughts on, on the British Bigfoot? Because that's that's certainly a source of contentious debate. I mean, people have witnessed the Bigfoot there, but other people, like uh, our mutual friend Nick Redfern, he seems to think that there's an interdimensional or paranormal aspect to this. So, I mean, what do you think of, of, the, of the British Bigfoot? Hmm. Well, you know, I really, I really like and respect Nick um, as a starting point, but I think it's fair to say we'd have different opinions. Um, I, I think that these creatures are real animals, or they're nothing. Yeah, I've never seen any evidence for an interdimensional creature. Yeah, I've never seen a ghost. I've never seen anything scientifically to say that there's an interdimensional creature. So I have. Um, problems in believing that there are. It's not to diss anybody else's view. You know, as I say, yeah. I respect Nick. Right. And, I, and, you know, when he mentions things about interdimensional creatures, I will listen. <laughs> you know, I will listen and, I'll, I, and I'm interested in what he has to say. But um, I just think they're real creatures or they're nothing. Now, the idea of a, of a British Bigfoot, the problem I have with that is we don't have enough space in this country for, a, right. um, for, for um, groups of hominids to exist. You know, it's as simple as that. Um, I'd rather be wrong than right, as I would in any of these situations. Yeah, yeah. You know, so, again, if, if people want to go and research that, then I'm cool with that. But um, I myself wouldn't research it because I don't find the idea of, 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 of them to be plausible. That seems to be the predominant thing, that there's not enough space for them. Not enough space. There's not enough space or habitat right, that I could that see that they, like could, that they could exist without being discovered, you know? I mean, you, there are wildernesses here, but and certainly in Scotland, but nothing on the scale of North America, I think it's fair to say. And um, I'm not aware of substantive legends of them. You know, you hear things of, 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 of the green man and things like that that go back a number of centuries, but... Um, I've not seen anything that is more substantive than mythology around them rather than real evidence. And I've, I've heard about people seeing big things with red eyes and things like that, but that isn't consistent to me. It's, it's often a, uh, uh, an individual um, eyewitness or it's a concentration of sightings and then something disappears, yeah? Mm. So that, that's more Nick's sort of area of speciality rather than my own. I'm interested in proving um, real animals really exist. There you go. Now, what about in this? You've talked about a lot of interesting sort of uh, audio uh, evidence, if you will, from the trip to America. But there's no, as far as I know, as far as you haven't mentioned anything, there's no actual like audio 
recordings of any of this stuff or video footage of, of just uh, the trip at all, like where you might have captured some of these weird uh, incidents on, on tape? Well, there kind of is, okay. um, in the sense that um, in exactly the same area, um, Laurie and her friend Bonnie went up um, to that area in July. I think we were there in September. I can't remember the exact date, but she was there in sometime over summer. And she recorded an alleged growl in the same place as, as, as we were. So, and that's on YouTube. So, um, so there is. And, okay. you know, when I, and when we were there at the very end, um, we were, you know, I told you that there was that growling and that activity. Um, Laura recorded some of that on her phone and she'll get those growls analyzed, you know, and when I go in February, um, I'll, I'll, we'll, we'll be taking um, some equipment then. So if it does growl again, we'll we'll do a, we'll do a you know a really comprehensive job of capturing that sound. So you know I'm going in five weeks' time, um, and if um, if I get a growl, you can guarantee it'll be recorded very thoroughly. Excellent, excellent. Yeah, because that's I mean. Well, I mean, like that's that's sort of the the next point. What what's next for you to do uh, on these on the American trips? I mean, you want to get back in this area and and what? Try and get better better evidence. Yeah, I, I mean, mean, obviously that's steps, kind little of little steps. Yeah, I, I think little steps. I mean, so so the, you know, it's important for me to emphasize that you know I'm going in um, I'm going in, in in February primarily to see Laurie um, rather than. Um, going on an expedition, but I will be going up in that area. And when I go up in that area, I'll, you know, I'll do my best for the limited time I'm there. After that, I'll, I'll, I'll I'm sure I'll come back again <laughs> <laughs> as soon as I can afford it. Um, but yeah, if you're asking me what the immediacy is, the immediacy is going there again in five weeks' time. Yeah. All right. Nice. Nice. Sounds good. So you're, you're going to be you're going to be haunting America for quite a while. I'm going to be I'm going to be I'm going to be in America. Yeah, I'm going to be in America or Canada. Um, there, there's another area I'm particularly interested in um, around the Native American um, uh, areas in Canada. So that might be an option to look at in the future as well. But right now it's the Pacific Northwest. Um, well, it's it's kind of chilling in a way because you know you think of the Orang Pendek as sort of this docile little little guy that's sort of hiding out in the jungle and you know you don't really he doesn't sound too scary but then you're mm. then you're out here in america and it's like oh no you're dealing with the american cryptids now pal we're, <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna scare the shit out of you <laughs> yeah <laughs> your food's better though i can put up with it i a burger in america yeah fish heads or slightly softer around pendek <laughs> bigger and aggressive, more aggressive creature or a burger I love the burger you know I'll go for <laughs> and a coffee <laughs> now I guess to, to, the, the the only like idea that I could have I'm trying to play devil's advocate here yeah, uh, yeah go for it you know the only the only way that if this was like some kind of fakery and you didn't know about it, the only way they, they, that Laurie could have pulled it off is just to have somebody else in the woods messing with you guys and it doesn't sound logistically Feasible. No, and that's a good point. I mean, and I, I think you're completely right to bring that up because I consider that myself. But um, that was why I was keen to emphasize to you that it happened all day, and it, well, not all day, but it happens at different times of the day and night. Yeah, and there was one particular instance because I, you know, the same thing had, had obviously crossed my mind, especially when I was going to be asked about it. And Laurie and I would um, sit by the river sometimes and talk, and uh, you know, we got knocking sounds from 
a, um, a you know a high a high ridge yeah so what would have happened to what would have had to have happened there is somebody would have had to have scaled that ridge in the night using mountaineering equipment I would have seen him because it was up a, up a cliff face or to tap a tree <laughs> you know, for 10 minutes yeah. yeah and they would have had to have been in different places so as I say if, if that was going to be um, pulled off as some sort of delusional thing it would have had to have been a big cast with rope climbing equipment over 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 several weeks nearly um, in order to do that and it just wouldn't have been achievable I don't think Laurie would have had the thousands of pounds of resources and team behind her in order to do that right what would be the motivation because you're not like yeah. you're, you're not like paying her to, to bring you out of these places right yeah so it's exactly not trying to there rope wouldn't you be in any also. motivation there wouldn't be any benefit to her to continually do it anyway I mean think about it logically if she was going to do it if she was going to do that she, she could have achieved her aim in, in the first couple of nights, couldn't she? I mean, eight or nine nights later, why would she be doing that? Why would she be getting anyone to carry on doing that? Right, right. Well, it's interesting, too, because it sounds like she's clearly uh, well-versed in, in the Bigfoot um, mythos, if you will. And, and But upon seeing the picture, it sounds like, you know, you say she, she wanted to get the hell out of there. So that's even more. Yeah, she wanted, no, she wanted to go. I mean, her, her hand was... Trembling, and um, she was, I, I, you know, I could. She was looking at it through her fingers. Yeah, it was as simple as that. I'd probably have a similar reaction too. I'd be like, <laughs> yeah. Okay, that's enough. Adam. Let's get the hell out of here. The second night. The second night. This will, this will, this will. You'll, you'll relate to this, right? So the second night, we, we, uh, we that was when the, the the image was taken. Yeah. So the third night, we thought, well, we'll recreate. We'll see if we can, you know, have, see if it will come in again. Yeah. Mm. Um. So we did the same thing. I mean, we, later on, we tried it with different members of the team. Um. So um. You know, the, the, they slept by. You know, they all rotated. But the sec, the third night, Laurie and I slept there again. And Laurie went to sleep pretty much straight away. <laughs> and I'm lying there awake thinking, shit, everyone's gone to bed. Yeah, sleep, yeah. This bloody big thing is going to come in. <laughs> it could rip me to pieces in a second. And I'm lying here waiting for it. <laughs> we're in North America. We're not even in the Congo. <laughs> or Sumatra. We're in North America. You know, I, you know, I could go an hour and a half, two hours drive and get a burger. And here I am, worried about some big creature. It was freaky. It's yeah, like I said, uh, it, it, to see that picture, I'd be like, I can't, you know, I, I, don't, I wouldn't be able to sleep at all. I'd be like, all right, I, uh, I managed to get sleep eventually, but you know, it was, it was, um, it was, uh, and, you know, and, 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 and by and large, it was, I mean, it was enormous fun. Obviously, Sandy got the the the, the, the caterpillar hairs in his eye, and he's had to have um, surgery a few times on that, so that was quite intense for him. Yeah. Um, but but you know, and, and, and you know, we all felt bad for him for that. Um, and, and obviously, I think that will probably affect him in some ways for the for, for the rest of his life. Um, but that only, you know, in that sense, you sort of think again: why would somebody suffer so much and and and, and make up some bullshit? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Oh yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, it's, but uh, it, it, he he really suffered for that, and that was a freak accident. That was one of those woolly caterpillars. I think it dropped in his eye when he was out one night away from um, where we were um, doing some night observation. So, um, but hopefully, um, yeah, the pictures you know, are brutal. It's, it looks like probably one of the worst injuries on, on your trips. Yeah. Um, ironically it is. I mean, I, I've been hospitalized before, as you know, um, you know, but I've recovered 
I'm, I'm pleased to say recovered fully. I mean, that's 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 something that will stay with him. That's a scar that will stay with him. Um, uh, uh, and it is. I mean, the whole the whole thing about the North America um, experience for me was completely nothing like I expected. As I said to you, yeah. My 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 thought about the whole thing was, well, this is going to be a pretty easy gig. <laughs> I'm just going to be able to chill out. <laughs> you know, it's going to be, it's a nice place. It's really beautiful. Um, uh, you know, looking at the pictures that Laurie had sent me in advance. I'll have a nice time. I like Laurie. It'll be, it'll be fun, you know, get some decent food. <laughs> be fun and be a nice gig, you know, and, and it's just a learning experience. None of it, none of it I expected to happen. Yeah. Well, it sounds like it was really, you know, completely different, like you just said, from what you expected. Now, you didn't, obviously, you didn't see the Bigfoot, though. So we still have that no, to no. check off the, you heard the Bigfoot, possibly, but you did not see anything, uh. Well, I heard the creature. I'm going to call it the yeah, creature, because yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, heard the creature, um, saw, uh, you know, saw it take food. Apparently, um, you know, it, it was right up over us when we were sleeping, but I never saw it, but, um, I'm going to make damn sure I try and see it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Now, I, now you say you saw it take the food. How does that work? No, I mean, as in the sense that right. we'd put it, food would go, would be put out for it, and then it would, it would disappear, yeah. Now, um, why didn't, now, maybe you guys did this, maybe, maybe you didn't, I don't know, but how come the, I would put the trail cam. Over the food, yeah, yeah. and it, yeah, exactly, I don't know the answer to your question, how that, how that disappeared. Yeah, I don't know. Oh, it didn't. So there was a trail cam. It just didn't. Yeah. Like, weird. Yeah, there was. That's odd. Right over it, Tim. I mean, I'll tell you everything. Oh I, yeah, I, no, no. I, believe me, it, uh, you're amongst uh, friends uh, here, don't. We? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, right over it. I don't know how it disappeared because even if somebody was going to take it, it would be on the it would be on the camera trap. Do you know what I mean? Weird. Um, so I, I I cannot explain that. No. That is odd. We're dealing with a weird creature here, this, this the Bigfoot. I, 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 I know that you don't, uh, I know that you're sort of on the flesh and blood side, but I still, I still hold out a little, uh, you know, I, I still have a foot in the paranormal camp, so. Yeah, I'm no, no, I understand that. Absolutely. That's why I say I'm always prepared to listen to what your, your thoughts about it were and what Nick's are. I, I, I can't explain it. I mean, it, you know, the other thing I'd say is, is it, is it, 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 it demonstrates superior hearing as well because when Laurie and I were set up um, in its area one time and there were the, a couple of the others were coming towards it it started to, it, started, it started to tap furiously it went and then um, they came around the corner um, a minute or so later so it obviously heard them approaching um, before we had hmm. uh, again so there's lots of things I could tell you about its behaviour it's, it's sort of but it sort of cascades out as I'm uh, as I'm talking to you in conversation, if you yeah. know what I mean. Yeah. Well, it's 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 odd. It's really I'm just it's trying really to wrap strange. my. I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm actually very envious here, hearing all these stories. I, you know, because well, I'm sure a lot of people are, because this sounds like quite the, you know, a lot of people amazing. go out and never see anything or hear anything. You know. It's amazing. I mean, you know, you know, from our conversations, because we've talked a lot over the last over the last few years. I'm not given to hyperbole. You know. I oh don't, no. Uh, don't like inflate things. I've said it as it is. You know, for example, I've been on 
Radio Scotland, and I'm quite prepared to say that a lot of nest monsters doesn't exist, yeah? Hmm. If I'd found bugger all, I would have said, well, I found bugger all. <laughs> and that would have been it. As I have done on other expeditions I've gone on. Yeah. Uh, I don't need to make shit up. In fact, it's detrimental for me to do so, in order, because of all the, all the good stuff that I've done with, with things like the Orang Pendak. Um, but by the same token, it's really important that I tell the facts as I saw them as they were. And I'm telling you as they, as they were. And I'm probably telling you as they were right now in more depth than, than I have actually discussed it with anybody. I mean, when I first came back, um, to England, I only told my friends about it in dribs and drabs, you know? Yeah. Um, because the whole thing about it being that close to me when I was asleep was quite difficult to recount. And I don't think I told the full detail of it for a while. And I don't think I've actually gone through this much detail with anybody other than, um, obviously the people who were there and, and, and Laurie. Yeah. Um, since I've come back. So, you know, it's, it's some, in some ways it's, it's not always the easiest thing for me to discuss, which might surprise you, but that's the way it is. Because of what? Because of sort of your uneasiness with all that went yeah, down? Yeah, I'm or? a bit uneasy about it. Yeah. I'm a bit uneasy about it because it, it, it shocked me and it sort of, it's had to make me think a lot about what I know about existence. I, I, I always want to believe in the existence of Christ, but existence of Christ but also about their abilities and their sentience. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, it, 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 you, I wouldn't have batted an eyelid if I'd got a photograph of the Orang Pandak. Not an eyelid. I would have been thrilled. That would have been it though. Right. But with this, um, the things that have happened, have really, um, have really astounded me. It definitely sounds like more of a, like sub, something beyond an animal. Well, like something, yeah. like you said, with some sentience. Yeah, I mean, it, 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 it to me, I mean, I, 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 as you know, I've, I've seen things like orangs and gorillas and stuff like that in the yeah. wild. And, and to me, um, it, it seems to develop, it seems to have a sentience that is, is more advanced than they are. Um, exactly where that would be pitched, I don't know. That's why I'm so fascinated. <laughs> well, yeah. not just why, but that's one of the reasons why I'm personally fascinated about, you know, if we can pull that DNA off, what it might mean. Exactly, um, yeah. How, how that well, would work. That, I'm, I'm, I'm really, really, on a personal level, just enormously curious. Enormously curious. I want to know about it because it, it, it it's so remarkable. Well, that brings up a whole other sort of kettle of fish, if you will, and that's this, this DNA story that was the big story uh, towards the end of the year. What, what do you make of the Melba Ketchum DNA controversy? Uh, I make this of it. I'd like her to succeed because she spent five years of her life, as I understand it, trying to succeed. Yeah? So, yeah. And, and if, and, and, and as I said to you, I really don't, you know, I, I, before... I'd love one of the samples that uh, I've been associated with in some way to uh, be um, one of the samples that proves the existence of one of these creatures. But if it's somebody else's sample, then great. You know, I'm not that precious about it. Just right. prove the bloody thing and <laughs> let's all relax, yeah? Um, but the problem, I think, at the moment is that she's got an issue with peer review, I think. Um, because of the way it's been leaked out. And people are questioning her integrity, the integrity of her research. And the longer it, it stays in a limbo, the harder it is for her. So 
Um, I think she will have to publish fairly quickly. Yeah. Um, because if she leaves it any longer, it's going to knock the credibility of her research even more. And she's, she's having a lot of hard balls thrown at her. Um, so, like to succeed, but, yeah, I'm not so sure that, that she will, you know, but I'd hope she does. It, it, right now I'm putting my money on Sykes. Well, it's interesting. It's, it seems like there's a lot of people getting on the DNA thing now. It's like that, that it seems like that's, they realize that might be the only good direction to turn since we don't have much else. Well, it, it's the best direction to turn. And, you know, I mean, if I, let's say, yeah, let's say I, I produce another Patterson-Gimlin film, yeah? Mm-hmm. Let's say it happens, right? There will be people who will say, yes, it's genuine, marvellous, well done. There will be people who say it's bullshit. You know, do you know what I mean? Where, yeah. would it, where does it really take us? Yeah, where does it really take us? It might be interesting, but it doesn't really take us anywhere. Um, what are the chances of walking into a body of one of these creatures? Yeah, I'm not going to shoot one, you know that. Mm-hmm. So what's the chances of me actually walking into one? Well, how often, you know, do you... <laughs> Do you walk and stumble across the body of any dead animal? Yeah. Right. Forget one that's exceptionally rare. It happens hardly ever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's not going to happen. What you can do though is 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 get hair, uh, fur, whatever you want to call it, and from that, um, you know, if you've got a medulla on it, you can get DNA. So, and that will be enough to push the manifold forward. It will be enough to push the debate forward. So photographs. Always are really interesting, and I, I, you know, and they tell a great story, but they don't really prove anything. They don't. Well, I feel like too, though, that uh, we talked about the giggle factor. I, I feel like even I, I feel like the DNA is even still won't help with Bigfoot. Orang Pandex sort of a different story because, like we uh-huh. talked about, it's sort of this isolated, uh, I don't know, more believable creature, I guess. You know yeah. what I mean? It's, for lack of a better term. And, and with the Bigfoot, it's got all this baggage and everything. So even if they, I mean, you saw some of the mainstream coverage of the DNA story, the Bigfoot DNA Ketchum story, where it was just, you know, even if I, everything I think, that she put out was on the up and up and, and perfect and well done and all that, you know, it seems like they still don't give it the, the credence that it deserves. And I understand that, but, but, but I think there's a difference um, between very respectfully, between Melba Ketchum and Professor Sykes. Yeah. In the sense that Professor Sykes is the world's leading geneticist. He is the best in, in the world, in his field. Mm-hmm. So you would have some problems. Um, people, I, I accept, Tim, that people will question um, the um, veracity of his research, but it would be much harder with the best in the world. Right, right. Saying it, um, and I don't have. Let me say, I don't have any inside information. I'm not. I'm not going to try and say that um, he's going to tell me what the results of his research are. He won't do. He'll get it peer reviewed, etc. And I don't even know whether he's going to get anything or not. He might not. But let's say, let's say he does. So let's speak in hypotheses. There will always be people who question it. There will always be people who say habeas corpus. I understand that. But, uh, you know, if he publishes it, then I think that that will take it forward because I think that that will cause a, I think that will cause a shift. Yeah. Call me the optimist if you want, but I do. Well, I'm, I'm hopeful. Yeah. I mean, I'm optimistic about that too, but I'm also, you know. 
Yeah, you're rightly cautious, and I understand why. Yeah. I understand. You you, you have every reason to, to sort of think, well, you know, what's the situation with that? I completely understand. Right, right. Well, it's it's ironic because the difficult part is it's a public relations issue more than it is a science issue. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. It's an extremely difficult thing to, to, to sort of to, to, to get your head around. Um, um, but... What can what can me and you do about that? We can just wait, yeah. We can right. just wait and see, and hope, yeah. Um, in that sense, but in the meantime, try and gather more evidence um, uh, about what is a remarkable, remarkable, um, <laughs> remarkable area and uh, of, of research. You know, over the years, I've I've been to all these different places, and I don't regret a single damn second of it. I've had a had an amazing time doing it, and you know. And I, I do, I am optimistic. I really do hope that 2013 will be a significant year. I really do. Well, it does feel, I was talking to Greg Bishop about this, uh, doing a year in review sort of show uh, a few weeks ago, and or a few days ago now. And, uh, yeah. you know, it does feel like Bigfoot, that cryptozoology and Bigfoot, they're sort of, uh, it's sort of on the cusp. It's, it's, it's yeah. really got, it's kind of got some good momentum behind it. For, for it's on the up, definitely. It's on the up. It's on the up in all sorts of areas. And, um, you know, uh, let's hope, and I, and I, you know, I've never been one, I've never been pessimistic. I mean, I've, I've, I've charted the progress that's been made with the Iran Pendex, so that's got better and better, I think, as the years have gone on. So it's not like, you know, in the Bigfoot community that, that there are, they often talk about false dawns. Well, I've never really experienced that, and I think it's got better with the Iran Pendex. And, um, you know, I hope for all, all the people, the many years of, 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 of research that people have done in this area that they do get something that's substantive. I really do. Um, and, and I, wherever it comes from, I will cheer it on. <laughs> <laughs> now, I think uh, last year you were talking about maybe doing some more work looking at uh, some sea creatures. I take it that didn't come together. Uh, no, I mean that was, that, I, I was. You know what? You know what I normally do is. I normally plan a couple of things and see how they pan out. Right. And it just came down, one of the reasons it, I, I, it, I didn't go towards Norway, I was going to go back towards the cellular serpent, I think, was, was, was cost. It was going to cost me as much to go to Norway as it was to go to North America. Oh, wow. I had not been to North America before, yeah? So, and, I, and by that stage, I'd built up that relationship with Laurie. So um, I decided I'd go to North America. And that was that was that was why it's, it was mechanics and costs, and as it as it turned out, it was probably the best decision I ever made. <laughs> it seems that way, yeah, mm. absolutely, mm. yeah, yeah. From a personal point of view, I mean, I've seen the um, cellular serpent, as you know, I've seen it once. The only cryptid I have seen, um, um, but and it was like, well, where could I take this story much further? I was just interested in in, in seeing if I could get anything better, but. You know, the whole North America thing has completely changed my outlook, so really glad I went. I'm really glad I, I turned right instead of left, if you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah, because you, yeah, it would have been a completely different, uh. Yeah, we would have had a completely different show. It took about something completely different, and none of that would have happened. So do you have, what, what sort of, uh, we're, we're not wrapping up yet, but, uh, but, you know, just to, just to sort of keep the conversation going here, what, you know, what's on the agenda here for the new year? What kind of stuff do you have cooking aside from the trip back here to the States in February? Well, nothing at the moment. It's really, it's really gone as far as 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 as, as going to see um, Laurie in February. After that, I'm gonna, I'll have a think and and sort of see where it goes from there. And I've had a load of other things to sort out <laughs> life-wise over the last year or so, uh, and so that's taken a lot of my energy. So we'll see what happens in in February. I mean, right now, if you're asking me to sort of 
pinpoint exactly what's what's most likely, then what's most likely is I'll carry on doing some research in North America. Nice, uh, nice. And, and take it that way. That's that's what I would imagine I'll end up doing. Now you were up in the Pacific Northwest. Have you considered? You said there, you know, there's another area in Canada you're interested in, but there's a whole lot of other places where. Big, you know, Ohio is a pretty predominant Bigfoot type of place. Uh, Pennsylvania, yeah. you know, there's get the Florida, the swamp. There's lots of places, stuff, yeah. yeah. In Cape in Florida, there's lots of places. You know, I, I'm fully aware it's a big country. I flew over it. It took a long time. There were plenty of places I could go. Yeah, absolutely. But right now, if I'm getting such good results in that one particular place. I'll probably I'll right. probably go there for a bit and and see what happens. Um, but it's good I'm making contact with more researchers and I'm learning more. Um, and I, I you know I'm not going to. It's important to say that I'm 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 always keen to learn more off people who've been doing it for many number of years. Uh, I've done stuff in 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 other places in the world, as you know, in different places in the world. But you know I, I feel like I've I've scratched the surface in America. Um, and so I'm keen to uh, keen to do more. No, I like it. I like America. It's a good laugh. I have a good time. Well, we like having you here. <laughs> Thank you, mate. <laughs> <laughs> now, do you beyond the 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 Church of America? Are there other other sort of cryptids that you haven't had the chance to go after that that you be you know that you if 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 money was no object that you would do you know like uh, places like Japan have quite a history of odd creatures or or you know I'm I'm just trying I can't really come off the top of my head but there's always something no, weird there are two things there's two things that I'd be interested in um one um is is the thylacine the Tasmanian tiger in Australia mm. um I, when I was in Australia I met a farmer who is what they call a dinky die Aussie, you know, like really sort of straight laced, and he'd seen one of those on his farm. And, I, and I, you know, there's a zoologist who saw one in Iranjaya as well. So I'd be interested in the Tasmanian tiger. Um, there's also some stories that I need to explore more about a potential hominid living in some of the um, islands in the Pacific, yeah. Oh, wow. Um, uh, which I don't know an awful lot about, but I spoke to a judge one time who'd worked out there. Um, and he said that in, in, in these really remote Pacific islands, you know, way out from Fiji, he talked about um, that the, there's a race of potential hominids in these remote islands that is rarely discussed and no one's ever really been to look for. Um, that would interest me as well. Yeah, that sounds fascinating. Yeah, that's that would be a good crack because I don't think people have done that before. And I like doing stuff that, as you know, that people haven't done <laughs> before. So I, I, and I, I kind of looked into that very briefly, but um, that's that's possibly for the future sometime. We'll see. Now, are these are these like like hominids, like a like the Orang Pendak and Bigfoot? Or are we talking like a lost tribe or something? I'm not sure. If I had to guess, more like Flores Man. Um, so small, yeah. Mm. Um, but but exactly what um, they weren't sure. But um, he he said that you know this is a, this is a judge. It isn't somebody who's um, a loony tune. <laughs> and and, and he because he'd worked there uh, for a while, and he said that you know it was definitely something worth investigating, and uh, and gave me a couple of contacts which I haven't yet pursued because I've been busy doing other stuff. So my knowledge on it is quite scant. I just know that um, I've got um, a credible lead from somebody who um, is very together, and, and that possibly could be something that I could I could take forward in the future. 
Sounds interesting. Yeah, I've never yeah, heard of Yeah, this. definitely, definitely, because it's not been done. Yeah, very weird. Mm, very weird. Very weird indeed. So those, those are the two things that immediately spring to mind as something that may be worth looking at in the future. But we'll see, because uh, as you know, <laughs> I, never, I never quite know in January where what's going to happen in the rest of the year. Exactly, and yeah. Well, I was going to say, I mean, who, who are we kidding, Adam? You're going to be in Sumatra in six months. You know? <laughs> I'm not going to be in Sumatra. If you, had, if you had to put money on where I'll be, Tim, you know where I'll be. You know where I'll be after what's happened to me. It's pretty amazing that this has really changed... Uh it's really changed the course of your, of, of your, you know, your research career in a lot of ways. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it has. Yeah, and um, you know, um, I, I obviously, I'm, I'm, it's, it's changed everything about the course of research career, relationship, everything. So, uh, yeah, um, it, it's um, it's been a remarkable year in that sense. But it's exciting. It's exciting. I mean, it's exciting that that thing was was there right on top of us as we slept. It's exciting that um, we heard those growls and those and those bumps. It's exciting that we're we're waiting for um, that potential DNA evidence off Laurie's dad. It's amazing. This is this is this is what I you know this is what I'm about. This is what I went to look for. This is this is about testing the fold and pushing a boundary. And if I'm doing it in the U.S., then great, you know. Um, um, all the comforts, all the excitement, none of the bad food. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you got to make your way here to New England. and. Uh... Yeah, no, well, well, I want to go to Boston. Um, I, was, I was hearing, I was with mate John Carlson when we were in New York, and we all went back to New York, um, obviously, and he, I was hearing about what a nice city it was. So um, <clears throat> I'm keen to go. I'm, I'm, oh, and I will do. Yeah, and then you can head on up and check out the the crypto museum up there and make Yeah, I'll have a look around that whole area. I'm I'm keen to go. I'm keen to go over over on 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 the, on the coast over there. It, it will it will be fun to do that. Uh, and I will. I promise you, I will go. Yeah. Just yeah, I can't tell you exactly when, but I promised you I'd do the North American stuff, and I've kept my word. So Absolutely. I'll keep my word, Tim. I know <laughs> we're going to meet up. I'm not worried about it. I know. Yeah, we'll do happen. it. No, I, I know we will as well. So will you? It's I, just to circle back to the, all the controversy. It, it seems you know. Well, it, it, it's ironic, I guess, with the Bigfoot community. It's if you it, it, there's a joke around here that if you don't like the weather, wait you know wait a day and it'll change. It's sort of like that with the Bigfoot community. It's like, well, mm-hmm. there's some big controversy. Give it a couple months, and there'll be a whole other one mm. down the line. So it, it's interesting that you know this Ketchum thing came along and and sort of. Uh, all the people who were getting irate about about your trail cam picture, that that they just decided to get irate about something else. Well, I, I think that I think that as well. Some of them were persuaded that either what um, we were saying is genuine, or that um, clearly we weren't hoaxing it. Yeah, right. and I think that the balance of argument might be even with those who were critical is that clearly <laughs> they weren't hoaxing it. Yeah, I mean, I th- don't think most people believe that now. Right. Um, they might they might think uh, I'm I'm wrong. That's fine, but I don't think most people believe that now. I think once they'd looked into the background and research and stuff that I'd done previously, I think they thought, well, clearly that's that's not really a <laughs> starter. <laughs> so, um, so I, 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 but you know, again, all I can say is, yeah, I was surprised by the um, the level of publicity it got, really. But I mean, it is an awesome, you know, from my point of view, it's it's a, it is an an amazing. Um, an amazingly interesting photograph. Oh, it's, it's yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. I've, I've spent quite a debate long time it. looking at it. Yeah, people are always going to debate it, and that's cool. Just, just debate it with respect. <laughs> that's all I'm saying. Cool. Say I'm wrong. 
cool, yeah? Totally fine. But I know I know that there was a creature there. But I don't mind people disagreeing with it. Just just say what you think, man, in a respectful way. And we'll right, work. right. <laughs> That's the disappointing part about the community sometimes. I don't understand what drives the vitriol. Well, I, I think, you know, I, I do understand it in the sense that if you look at other cryptids, there's been very few. I mean, there are always some hoaxes, like with Loch Nesses. I mean, they're quite. That's quite well known for a few fakes and things like that. But generally, with 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 these things, there aren't that many. But the problem with anything associated with Bigfoot is there's been that many um, hoaxes over the years. Right. That um, if you get a, a good a, a good piece of footage, um, people are their first instance is well. <laughs> it's a hoax unless it's proved otherwise, yeah? Um, and I think that that's the default position that they adopt. And I understand that because they, they, it's almost like not wanting to shield themselves from potential disappointment. I mean, this is just an outside view really here. So I, I understand that, but I, I just think there are ways you could go about that. And, and, and one of the things we had when, when, when with, was like pictures of us, like a hoax is like it was some sort of frigging Wild West movie, which was a load of bullshit, you know? Yeah. yeah. With, with people who hadn't even spoken to us or researched any of our background. Just thought, oh, that's bullshit. So, I mean, I don't want to dwell on that because I want to dwell on the positive aspect. But I think, you know, I've seen research from other people which I've thought has not been correct. Yeah, simple as that. Or I've doubted the first but I have never, you know, ever gone and said, well, he's a liar. Yeah, I, right. I just think that that's vitriolic and I don't think it's necessary. I don't think it's necessary to be to be that like that. You can say, well, I don't, I don't I'm sorry, I don't believe that or I think it was something else. And, and I think that that's a perfectly respectful approach, and there's no need to be very acidic, even with people that um, you think are wrong. Exactly. So you've seen now the, uh, just to circle back to the Finding Bigfoot, so that's going to be sometime in February. We'll see, yeah, I think we'll it's see your mug on TV again. Yeah, I think it's February the 17th. Yeah, yeah, I've seen me on TV. Yeah, I think it's February the 17th. And as I say, I've seen, I've seen the real, and I, and I, and I thought it was a good show. I mean, and they do genuinely track, and they do, they earn their money, yeah. I said to them, you've earned your money, guys. <laughs> they were all knackered at the end, tired at the end, you know. Um, do I go and eat my pizza at the end, because we went into, sorry, he owes me some pizza. But other than that. <laughs> <laughs> it was a good trip, um, and, and you know, then they, they were they were a nice bunch of people. You know, um, I uh, I, had, I had a really good time with them, and they they try very hard. And people might criticise their methodology. I know they do, but you know, I can say that you know, working with Cliff, he passionately believes it, and he does the best he can in the way he can. So good luck to him. You know, absolutely, yeah, yeah. Well, it's a it's a very weird field, you know. It's a it's a very <laughs> yeah. You're telling me. Yeah. <laughs> well, a big part of it too is like there's, and, and I, I'm sure it was like this sort of in the early days of Bigfoot research, but I think it it still pervades a lot of it too. Where like everybody wants to be the one that wins. Yeah. You know, everybody wants to be the one that gets the that gets the final thing. Like jealousy. Right, right, right. Like professional jealousy or just sort of like this this innate competition amongst all the different researchers to be the one that gets the credit at the end of the day for breaking this thing finally. Right. And I think that drives a lot of sort of the, the vitriol or the debates and stuff. 
You see, that doesn't happen. I'm not saying the outside world is some purist wonder camp, because it's not. But, you know, with, with stuff outside of North America, you know, the, the researchers that we have, we, we, we freely share our research with everybody else, and we're right. just interested in the debate. And that's the way it works, you know, and always has done. Um, the Bigfoot community might uh, seem to adopt a different approach, but... You know, there's never been any problem. Anybody who's ever asked me, can you tell me information about your research? You know, I've shared it. You know that anyway. So, um, and I don't think, um, I think we all want the same end result for it to be proved. And I don't think jealousy and negativism is a good way to go about it. Um, that's certainly not what you do um, in a scientific aspect. You'd share your results. Yeah. So sharing your results is what it's all about. No, I'm not trying to preserve it for some personal crappy um, ego trip. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Well, we need more guys like you out there doing the uh, the actual legwork of, of of looking for this stuff. But I love doing the legwork. You know, that's what it's about, and that's that's the most I can do. You know, I'm aware of my own limitations in that. But if I can get any evidence that adds to the party, then I'll bring it on. But I'll always share it, Tim. And I'm not making any money from it either. <laughs> there you go. Someday, maybe. Someday, maybe. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> well, we gotta get you. Get, you gotta get your own show. I don't know what the hell's taking so long. They gotta. They gotta get you. Yeah, on your own yeah, program. that would be great. Yeah, if I could do this full time, that would be the gig, wouldn't it? <laughs> then I wouldn't have to go back to my day job. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I'd love it, but you never know. You never know. Fingers crossed, eh? <laughs> Yeah, maybe you can move, whatever you do over there, maybe you move to America and do that here or something. Yeah, look, I, well, I really enjoy America. Seattle was a really nice city as well. I really like that. Um, uh, and I had, a good, I had a good time. Everyone was great with me, you know, in America. Um, everyone was genuinely very friendly. Um, uh, yeah, I had, I had the best of times there. It was cool. Right. Now, really, the, the um, other people on the trip, these, this was like your crew from England? Yeah, and obviously Laurie from America. Yeah. Um, um, and Tom Cantrell came down, uh, but only for a night or so, hmm. two nights I think in total. Um, but he wasn't really part of it, but he sort of turned up because he's a friend of Laurie's and he's a nice man, you know, I liked him. Um, but, but yeah, they were from England, yeah. Now we've talked about these, the dangers here of these trips and, uh, aside from the freak caterpillar thing, uh, was the, I'm gonna presume that the American expedition was a lot, uh, less arduous than, yeah. These trips into the jungles. Maybe I, what I'm building up to here is maybe I can come along sometime. Yeah, 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 you can. Well, something like that, yeah, easily. I mean, it wasn't physically arduous. I mean, there's some trekking involved, but nothing on the scale of what normally happens. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, it's not, I'm not going to say it was a difficult gig and we nearly died. Like, it wasn't like one of them Himalayas things where I nearly fall off a rock or Congo where I get shot at or anything like that. No, anybody could do what I did there. Um, it was, it was mentally, it was, it was, um, very stretching, but physically, no, yeah. very, 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 very easy, very easy. Nice. All right. Well, then I'll have to start working out here and get myself you in shape. You need to do that, yeah. Pump those weights. <laughs> do a rocky, run in the snow. <laughs> you, know, you, don't need to, you don't need to do anything like that, yeah? You just need to be able to walk comfortably for a few miles, yeah, with a pack for North America. You don't have to be able to, like, you're not, it's not mountaineering fitness or anything. Yeah. You could easily do it, Tim. You have no excuse now. No excuse. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get you sleeping out while the big creature comes, <laughs> comes ambling in. <laughs> We'll see who shits himself first. Oh. <laughs> It'll probably be me. I will. 
going to wake up. I'm going to be out of there. I'm going to be gone. I'll call you from, like, the nearest town and be like, I saw the Bigfoot last night, dude. I'm out of here. You do that, buddy, because I know I can run faster than you. <laughs> oh, boy. Well, it's it sounds really amazing, and uh, I'm thrilled that this, this was such a great success for you. Cause, yeah, you know, for a personal point of view. I never really... I don't know what to expect, but given how how fruitless some of these Bigfoot expeditions are, I figured you know that you that that you know at best maybe you'd hear a little something or or so, you know what I mean. It's like uh, you yeah, never yeah, yeah. such something, a good maybe a bit of tree knocking if I was lucky, probably bugger all. Yeah, I thought that too. I mean, I thought that. I thought that. I mean, I'd spoken to Laurie a lot, and you know, um, <clears throat> you know, and we, we'd obviously developed a friendship, but. Um, I didn't. I didn't expect anything like what happened. Who could, you know? Right, right. <laughs> it would be beyond um, beyond wildest dreams sort of expectation level. I would never have expected that. Um, but <laughs> that's why I want to go back to him, you know. Oh yeah, absolutely. It's it sounds you know, it sounds like something that that got its hooks in you pretty seriously here. Yeah, yeah, it has very much so, very much so. It, it really has. Now, what has, so you really, you, you sort of intimated you haven't really talked much about this. So has there been any reaction beyond the photo part? Have, what have people said about what you've experienced? I mean, because you know how skeptical these people are. I don't know. I've, I've not really, I've not really, um, I've not really had any feedback on that. Okay. <laughs> I, th- I think, you know, people, all I can do is say what happened, isn't it? Right, so, right. Uh, you know, um, and people can draw their own conclusions. But, um, you know, from my point of view, what I'm interested in is opinions about what it might be, what its behavior might be, what it's doing, you know, its size, its behavior, those sort of things. I mean, I'm interested in feedback on that, speculation on that, yeah? Yeah. Because um, that will take the story forward for me. So, um you know, those sort of things really interest me. Exactly. Um, and, how, and, and its behavior, because it's, it's unique. And it would be unique among primates as well, clearly. So that's what I want to learn. Um, and, and, you know, I welcome comments about um, how, I mean, what, what it is, what it's doing, what it's thinking, its behavior. Yeah. Anything that's, that, that, that's sensible along those lines, I would, I would be very welcome to hear. Well, did you get the sense that it was trying to intimidate you, or was it trying to communicate, you think? Or, or what, what do you think was, you know, it's hard to really put your mind in the mind of an animal, even if it is somewhat more intelligent. I, I get the, what do you it think? was definitely trying to communicate with Laurie, yeah. It communicated with Laurie on, on a number of occasions, yeah. She could do the bump thing at a bump back. Um, it, she could express a preference for food stuff. She could ask it a question and it would reply in different bumps, yeah. It would, it would, it would, it would communicate with her on a, on a basic level, um, you know, in, in that sense. Yeah, they definitely did that to some degree, which is surprising in itself. Um, it, it, it is quick-tempered, but it's almost like a primate bluff in the same way that gorillas do fault, you know, fake charges sometimes. Yeah. yeah. It's all bluster. Uh, I never really felt it was going to attack us, even when it was growling. I think it was a it was a bluff thing. So I don't think it's super aggressive. I think it was just, just I think it was demonstrating primate behavior. Um but, you know, the answers to your questions, I don't know. I think it would take years and years of study. Right. Years and years of study to, to fully determine. I'm just, I'm just skimming the surface, Tim. I really am, based on what I know. And I'm conscious of the fact that I'm skimming the surface. I mean, if it wanted to ever, if it wanted to attack us, it could have, could have killed us in two seconds, you know? Right, uh, right. I, you know, when I was asleep, I wouldn't have known. 
and, um, uh, and, you know, that would have been it. The last thing I would have seen probably was his face. <laughs> that would have been it. <laughs> oh, boy. Now, has Laurie seen the creature, or has she only no, heard it? She's never seen it. She's she's I think she said she's seen a peak of something sometime, but not not nothing substantive. Hmm. Um, as far as I know, um, I don't, she's never seen it properly. No, but she's been scared. Um, you know, that's the first time that she had um, spent nights out there. Yeah, normally she'll go for a day and come back. And when she went with her friend Bonnie and she's heard growls and stuff like that before she's gone back. And, you know, it was a, it was really tough persuading her to stay after we got the photograph. It, you know, it's quite intimidating. And, and, and there's, there's other emotions wrapped up, I guess, with Laurie because it's a dad's research and, and all of that. You know, I've right. just been very lucky um, to have tagged on the back of that. It isn't my research. research. I've taken a punt on somebody. I, I played a hunch, essentially, Tim, yeah. that's, that's paid off based on my experiences of looking for other cryptids and learning from other researchers before I went. I paid her hundreds that's played off. It's really her and her research, I think, you know, and she deserves the credit for that, not me. Well, it's pretty tremendous stuff, and uh, I'll have to, maybe I should get her on the show sometime in the future. Yeah, uh, you should, yeah, get her on the show. Yeah, have a talk. I'm sure she'd come on it. Because uh, this is all very uh, exciting. It really yeah. is. That's the that's the the, the real uh, feeling from coming out of all this is that you know it's only like you've hit a, a rich vein of potential uh, good stuff here. Yeah, it's, I mean it's fantastic. It's been a fantastic experience, it really has. All right, so it's January. You don't know exactly what's going to happen in the new year aside from uh, a, a return to America for a brief visit. Well, I promise you, I'll tell you when I know. Yeah. All right. Sorry about Sounds that. good. I don't know yet, but when I know, you'll know. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> Well, but usually in this January show, it's all it's all sort of uh, speculation anyway. So yeah, it's all up in the air a bit. But we'll we'll I'll tell you as soon as I know. I'll give you my word. Awesome. And what about we talked about this last year? What about the what about a follow up book? Uh, you know, we yeah, sort of update us on point. that stuff. Well, that I need to write that, and I should write that this year. Yeah, I've got enough stuff since 2008 to write plenty of of, of things. So I will write that in the next year. I promise. All right. You're making a lot of promises here today. Yeah, yeah, I'm making promises. But I've delivered on my promises, Tim, so I'm comfortable making them. <laughs> They're not always as quick as, as they should be, but they always happen. So, so far, I've promised you to let you know when I'll be back. I promised a trip to Boston, and I promised to try and get my book out, yeah? There so, you go. <laughs> uh, so, so th- th- those are promises that I'll keep. Excellent, excellent. Well, Adam, I can't thank you enough for coming back on the show here, this annual tradition, uh, you do your return to the Paranormal Radio Base Camp and uh, updating folks on all this. So it's, uh, like I said, it's very exciting. You're really on the cusp of a lot of uh, cool stuff. And is there any sort of timetable for the the DNA findings? No, I, I, I think with Sykes, he'll release it when he releases it, and yeah. nobody will know until he's ready. And that's the right approach. Yeah, the absolutely. Right approach. Yeah, yeah. I just didn't know if it was like, how long no. has he had the stuff? <clears throat> he's had, well, I don't think he's, I think he began, te- he's only begun testing in the last, if he's begun testing, it's only been since Christmas, because he wasn't, he was only in the lab around Christmas, so, I mean, he's, I, I presume he started testing now, or, or hasn't quite started yet, so, it, I don't know how long it'll take him. Yeah. Um, and then, so, it'll be, a, I think at the earliest, it'll be a few months yet, but we'll see. Alright, well, stay tuned, folks. Uh, ExtremeExpeditions.com and also Extreme Expeditions on Facebook. Check them out. And uh, befriend Adam Davies because uh, I really think that one of these days we're just gonna I'm gonna turn on the internet and uh, he'll have 
broken something amazing, and and not not an ankle. <laughs> <laughs> so so I, I I've always said Adam Davies is definitely someone to watch in the paranormal field uh, across the board. So and and I'm really psyched that. You've become such a part of this program. I really appreciate it. And uh, every year I look forward to these conversations because I'm going to be looking back someday and say, I knew Adam Davies back before he was famous for finding the Orang Pendek. (laughs) You've made one promise to me, Tim, North America. So I'm going to hold you to that. Don't you forget it. (laughs) Absolutely. All right. All right. (laughs) I'm off to find some boots. (laughs) Good stuff. All right, pal. Well, have a great year, and uh, let's keep in touch. Yeah, we will do. I'll speak to you soon, Tim. Okay, buddy. Thanks again for coming on the show. My pleasure. See you later. That does it for this edition of BOA Audio Season 7. Big, big thanks to Adam Davies for coming back on the show and sharing so much revelatory information about his experiences of the past year. You can find out more from Adam Davies if you befriend him on Facebook. Just punch in Adam Davies into the Facebook search and you'll find him straight away. Befriend him, and then you can learn all about his adventures in 2013. Moving right along now, it's time for BOA Audio Listener Feedback, and we've got three brief postings, so let's dive on in. The first one comes from Scott, who posted at the BOA Facebook page, No Hometown Listed. Here's what he has to say. Enjoy the year-end show. Not sure if the cave goblins did turn out to be a hoax. I think it just petered out, so probably inconclusive. If you fancy doing a show on weird underground humanoids, W.M. Michael Mott is your man. His Caverns, Cauldrons, and Concealed Creatures is pretty much the definitive book on the matter. Scott. First of all, thank you for posting, Scott. Glad to hear you enjoyed the year-end show. Uh, I got the Cave Goblin post from someone on the BOA Facebook page, and they said it was a hoax, so I may have been mistaken. I did warn you all that the Year in Review episode was the most haphazard edition ever, so we may have just put out a whole bunch of incorrect information for the listeners as we were throwing it all together. But I will look further into the Cave Goblin story to see if it is a hoax or if it was just something that never got followed up on. And, Scott, if you are a listener of the program, you should definitely know that I would love to do a show on weird underground humanoids. That sounds fantastic. So I have put down W.M. Michael Mott's name here on the BOA to investigate list, and I definitely want to pick up Caverns, Cauldrons, and Concealed Creatures, because that sounds amazing, and definitely a topic I would love to explore on the program. So thank you very much for that tip. Hopefully, you'll be hearing from Mr. Mott on BOA Audio sometime very soon. Continuing the theme of incorrect information stated on the program, Arthur then writes in, saying that the devices spread around the world are called eggs. There are 36 to 50 of them and are run by someone at Princeton University. I heard it from Greg Braden. He uses that research. Dmitry Medvedev is prime minister of Russia. He was president before Putin. They just switch places. Arthur. That's sort of a half 
correction, because I believe I did call them the Princeton Eggs, and I definitely botched Dmitry Medvedev's role in Russian politics. So thank you very much, Arthur, for writing in and correcting me on that. Dmitry Medvedev is not the vice president of Russia. He is the prime minister. How does Russia have a president and a prime minister? That is totally confusing. I'm more baffled, I think, than I was before I read this email. But thank you for writing in, Arthur. Final email comes from Hannah, who says, I know you get a million messages like this, so I'll be brief. Wanted to tell you that I truly appreciate what you do. Loved the Stanton Friedman interviews, and I love you for the Bruce Rocks trilogy. The most recent interview this past Thanksgiving was amazing. You are the coolest person that I have never met, and I hope you keep doing what you are doing for as long as you can. It certainly gives people like me hope that there are other like-minded individuals out there. So thank you. Hannah. Wow, Hannah, thank you very much. I'm blushing here. I'm just totally humbled by this email, although I was confused. At first I thought you called me the coolest person that you had ever met, even though we've never met before. And I'm sure you've met many cooler people than me, Hannah. I cannot possibly be the coolest person that you have ever or never met, really. But but I will take the compliment, because it is one of the nicest things that anyone's ever said about me, that I'm the coolest person that they have never met. That might be my epitaph, I think. The coolest person that you never met. Tim Benal. <laughs> I'm chuckling here. Thank you very much, Hannah. I really do appreciate it. And I'm really psyched that you enjoyed the Stanton Friedman interviews and the Bruce Rucks trilogy. We may have just passed through the holidays, but as I'm sure many of you know, they'll be here before we know it, and we'll be doing it all once again with Bruce Rocks and Stanton Friedman in 2013. Thank you once again for writing in, Hannah. And on that note, since I want to get the program out to folks here this Friday afternoon, let's close up the BOA Audio Listener Feedback Mailbag. Big, big thanks to Hannah, Arthur, and Scott for writing in on this week's installment. And if you would like to be a part of future editions of BOA Audio Listener Feedback, please allow me to provide you with the various means to contact me. You can write to boaaudio at hotmail.com, or you can head on over to banalofamerica.com, B-I-N-N-A-L-L of America.com, and click the contact button. Additionally, if you are looking for something a little more interactive, you can join up at the official BOA forum, theusofe.com, T-H-E-U-S-O-F-E.com. It is BOA's paranormal playground where we discuss the esoteric and pop culture. Beyond that, I'm also on Facebook and Twitter, so just punch in Benal on the various search engines and you will find me there. Feel free to befriend me, follow me, or poke me. It's all good, and I'd be happy to have you as part of my online circle of friends. And before I finish up the means to take part in BOA Audio Listener Feedback, it's time for our weekly update on the Banal of America Facebook page. Since the last time you heard from me, we've had quite a boon of likes Right now, I'm looking at it here. We are sitting at 886 likes on Facebook. So we're very close. 
We are very close to the mythical and meaningless 1,000, and we are only 14 likes away from the very sexy round number of 900, which will, of course, earn the 900th liker a shout-out here on the program. So if you're listening to the show right now and you have not liked us on Facebook, you are very close to earning a shout-out here at the end of the program. Just be our 900th like. That is an update on the Banal of America Facebook page. It bears repeating, though, once again, folks. I, I laugh about it to my friends here. I get nothing for these likes. It is really just an ego boost and a uh, moronic number that I follow from time to time. So please do not think that I'm trolling for likes here at the end of the program. I actually find it rather hilarious that they track these things. Up next, it is time to thank the outstanding and esteemed BOA staff, Leslie, Chiron, Regan Lee, Joe V, Tina Senna, Richard Thomas, Marla Pena, Bruce Pretty, Tony Morrill, and our webmaster, Jeremy Boston. Since the last time you heard from me on the program, we have posted an all-new Trickster's Realm from Regan Lee, where she decries the use of dogs in Bigfoot hunts. Very timely edition of Trickster's Realm, considering this conversation here this week with Adam Davies. Head on over to Banal of America to check that out. And I have got the wheels in motion for some new developments at BOA. I cannot say anything about it beyond that, but I can tell you that the wheels are in motion. So, as always, stay tuned to Banal of America for your esoteric news and opinion needs. Now comes the time in the program where I take my hat off and pass it around to the BOA audio listeners and ask you to make a donation to the Banal of America franchise. How do you do that? That's simple. Head on over to BOA and click the PayPal button. That'll take you to PayPal. They'll walk you through the process. It's safe, secure, and simple. If you do not trust the Internet and would like to send us a donation via snail mail, you can do so by writing to Tim Benal, P.O. Box 232, Pinehurst, Mass. 01866. And you can find the complete address at Benal of America under the PayPal button. If you do send us a donation, please make it payable to Tim Benal and not Benal of America because my bank is anal and they will not honor those donations. And please include some means of correspondence so I can reach out to you and thank you for your donation. As always, it bears repeating, folks, no donation is too small and all donations go towards Benal of America and BOA Audio to help keep the entire franchise up and running, freely available and commercial-free for all of our great readers and listeners the world over. On the next edition of BOA Audio, we wrap up our marathon of returning guests with the long-awaited, epic, three-hour conversation with BOA Audio friend Paul Kimball concerning his new book, The Other Side of Truth. This conversation has been sitting here on my hard drive for far too long, and it is time to unleash it on the BOA Audio listeners. It is, as I have been saying week after week, an 
epic conversation spanning three plus hours covering ufology, spirituality, politics, all kinds of topics. It is a jam session really like no other and digs deep into Paul's book, The Other Side of Truth, as well as his mindset on a whole variety of paranormal topics. So it is definitely one for the books, and it is the next edition of BOA Audio. Following that, we begin rolling out some all-new guests for the BOA Audio listeners here in 2013. Folks, you've never heard on the program before. I've already got a couple of those in the can, and I've scheduled quite a few more as well. Cannot wait to bring these names to the VOA audio listeners because they are tremendous. Stay tuned, my friends. And on that note, we close the book on this edition of the program. Once again, big, big thanks to Adam Davies. Thanks to Hannah, Arthur, and Scott for their correspondences on BOA Audio Listener Feedback. And, of course, enormous thanks to all you folks out there, the hardcore BOA Audio listeners, the people who tune in to the very end of the program, even as I'm losing my voice here, wrapping up the show. Thank you for your enduring support of this program. It is truly humbling and appreciated, my friends. Thank you so much for making BOA Audio a part of your esoteric audio playlist. Until next time, this is Tim Benal, thanking you once again for listening and signing off.